Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to keep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. Listen on! Listen on! This is the truth of it. Movies lead to sequels. Sequels lead to trilogies. And that is damn near the death of us all. Look at us now, busted up, and everyone talking about hard rain, but we've learned by the dust of them all. This is the movie show with Joel and Ryan. And when we review the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome movie, chances are two men like it, one man doesn't. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. I am Joel. And I'm Ryan. And of course, we have, once again, Michael Klug is here. Woo! Yay! Yay! Uh, Hi, Michael. How you doing? I'm pretty grand. How are you boys? Good, good, pretty good. Neat. How are you? Uh... You notice, uh, Michael, yeah. I always clap for you like Snape claps for the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers every year. <laughs> yep. It's very, it's proper and polite, but there's like not a lot of life in it somehow. But yeah, it's because I don't want to make too it's much It's not noise. enthusiastic. Yeah. yeah. It, oh. isn't, it isn't. To be fair. The... But... I thought you were going to keep lengths. it on, Joel. You had it. Yeah, for the no, beginning. no. The length. Okay. Look, look. No one watches the video version of this show anyway, so the lengths I go to are absolutely for like my enjoyment and the two of your enjoyment. <laughs> that's pretty that's much pretty much it. That is pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, and we're, while we're I love you both, out there in Radio Land for the vast, yep. vast majority of people that yep. watch the show. But those of you who check out the videos, uh, those six of you. Hey, thanks. We're we're doing it all well, for you. Six that includes you and me. No, um, I, I included. Yeah. We're more like a ten to eleven. You got to give That's it some true. time. Yeah. But the, the videos do catch up. They do <laughs> sneak their way into double digits. Yes, yes. And I, when I Michael comes, dad. we always get a few few extras. And when Rob comes, it's always like thirty. He brings like thirty eight people with him or something. Wow. Yeah. He pips yeah, well, the thing hardcore, know, that's... that's part of it, but it's also like, I don't know, something about, like, people just, I think we stumbled into Rob, like, I think everyone in Rob's life's like, you should be doing a movie podcast. So when he right. actually does one, it's, the, they all show Yeah, up. people are jonesing for it. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 part of our, um, it is part of our grand plan is to just actually have popular friends um we don't you know we ryan and i are not very uh uh what's the word i'm looking for liked um (laughs) so so we try to have popular friends who have friends and and that you know it's all about uh win by association that was all part of the master plan we sat down at that little booth in jj's all those years ago and we planned this thing out (laughs) 
And eventually, <laughs> we're like, eventually COVID will come and we'll put all the expensive microphones away and we'll just do everything over something called Zoom. And we'll have as many yep. popular friends on as we can. And then our numbers will Correct. truly soar from two to seven. Correct. <laughs> and, oh. and, oh. and Michael, don't laugh. They have. They as exactly yeah. come true. So this is this is exactly how we drew it out. Um, yeah. Anyway, so today, uh, today is episode three of the Mad Max May. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, uh, a movie so good. The tagline was Max is back and Tina's got him. Um, oh. Uh, so, uh, anything you guys? Well, I mean, we should also. Uh, what was you know the what it DC says Byron? on the actual poster? I thought. Uh, well, that's what IMDb says is the was the tagline for the uh, for the film. I think the poster has something um, classy and plot related on it, actually. Oh sure, yeah. Here we go. But uh, you're not wrong, Alone Warrior. Yeah, you're not wrong Alone to point Warrior. that out because Tina Turner's music renaissance was happening in earnest in a big yep. big way so she was a yes. big big star and her casting you know she was cast for her looks man for her hair at the time like they really just envisioned her as this thing and nobody knew whether she was gonna act in a movie or what the hell she was gonna do i mean it was really and nobody mm -hmm. really cared <laughs> that's sort of a weird little twist I don't want to start this movie out on a bum yeah. note because Thunderdome, despite, <laughs> I guess, one of us really not liking it, is nothing if not, like, super, super fun from moment to moment. It's one you should relax and have fun with if you can't do that or you think it's going to be like the other two exactly. You're, you, I think you're in for disappointment, which has sort of become the reputation of the thing, even though it was a massive hit in the summer of 85. Um. Byron Kennedy, part of the Kennedy Miller producing team, died the year before in a helicopter accident. His helicopter, his motor shut down while they were up in the air, and according to the passenger that he was with, whose name I can't remember, um, he heroically got them down on the ground, and they both survived the crash. But they were out. I mean, it's Australia. They were out. In this lake area in Australia, they were completely remote and they were both too injured to make their way back to anything resembling civilization. So they spent the night out there. The more able of the two built a little sign that said help, which was spotted by somebody the next day. But overnight, Byron succumbed to his injuries and his his loss is just is really weighs heavy over this film. There's this, and I really do think you can kind of feel it when you watch it. There's a pall of like um, grief in it somehow. And it's not like the story elements really deal with that. It's just you, you George Miller doing his usual directing job, but now he's hired another, a television miniseries director, a pretty accomplished one at the time, George Ogilvie, um, but still a little known um Australian television director essentially to direct all the scenes involving people and talking and George had an obligation to make this movie but his heart flat out wasn't in it at when Byron was taken from him and that was right in the middle of creating the thing and but he had an obligation to it he'd gotten Mel to sign up they were all friends and everything I mean all the crew and everybody was back um 
So he did. He agreed to do the tricky stuff, the big car chase at the end, the Thunderdome fight, some of the other things uh, that dealt with a lot of extras and a lot of big scale. And Ogilvy dealt with the almost entirely with the children scenes and a lot of the other incidental stuff that that Miller didn't have anything to do with. And it it made the thing work like they could puzzle that together. Even the movies are puzzled together. The, the film started out as a, as a script that was a, uh, or a treatment. I'm not sure which, but either way, an, an idea that was, um, that was just, uh, you know, in the, in the aftermath of nuclear war, as some drifter stumbles across this tribe of children that have been living this sort of blue lagoon slash slightly Lord of the flies existence. And it was, somewhere into developing that where Miller said, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if the character that finds them was, was Max yeah. Rakotansky. And the, th so the thing grew out of that. It didn't, it didn't start as some badass biker gang sequel to Mad Max and then drift aimlessly into that. It started as that. And the fistful of dollars opening was then grafted onto it so that and, and as well as the chase and you can feel these sections being almost extremely unique things i don't think they're disconnected but they're just they're, they there's no singular plot drive to this because it takes this huge detour in what it was actually supposed to be right in the middle of it and well, that's that's that the violence is 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 plentiful but it's cartoony and and quite a bit toned down there's no brutal people getting sucked under the, the wheels of cars and stuff or being murdered or tortured or raped or there's just nothing anything like that in it it's I mean, not exactly a family film though either so I I had I it's funny because I meant to look up because I'm like I've of course seen this movie I don't know hundreds of times and so watching it this most recent time and seeing Ogilvy's name I'm like I mean I I think I knew it but I never really connected or researched what was his part in this mm -hmm. I love that you told me that because well it, and I don't so know for sure they they kept a lid on that and they don't really talk about who did what but I just think Miller well, was you, required to do some of the technically really really tricky things that he was the guy to do and Ogilvy could hold down the fort working with a bunch of people and, well, and I mean there's and working there's, with that that child cast in particular there are tonal issues like I watching it and my like, god it, it really does shift because yeah there's no brutal violence on screen it's not pleasant but there's still that sense of the world that we've already come to know and sure. then it's just it turns into something so different and even we get some slapstick, you know, via iron bar. It's just, it's very weird to me. And I think as a kid, whatever, it was enjoyable. It was fun. I, I loved it. I had a good time, but it looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, it, it's very disjointed. And I don't think it's a bad idea. I think barter town is a fantastic idea, but I, I think when I go to the kids, even though there's a nice sense of hope and there is interest there, it's just not what I want out of a Mad Max movie. His, his unwillingness to be their messiah is interesting. The the their the I mean I I really like the kids. I love the, their language. I think that we'll get to them. I guess as we work through this plot point by plot point. But that my favorite thing about them is the way they speak. I I think that's much trickier to do in a consistent way to just create a whole new way of communication. I mean it's not a new language. But uh, I think that's really, really well done. And I think the iconography, them, 
that tableau of them sitting on top of that crashed uh, jetliner. There's just no, images in it that are that are amazing. It's all, but you're, it's you're all not wrong. It's, good. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's like. Uh, it's more like Beyond Thunderdome. I mean, this is the movie that shows you what this kind of patchwork Hollywood. Let's do it again, but then let's steal from here and steal from there. Is. Yeah. No, the other and I don't great dislike... example is Live Free or Die Hard, which didn't start as a Die Hard movie, and you you can really feel where it is does isn't one and can't and can't function really right. But um, well, no, I mean, according to sorry, real quick, George but... Miller uh, apparently said himself that uh, he and Ogilvy were together the entire. The only time the two were not together was Og when Ogilvy filmed the camel sequences. Um, so according to Miller, they were together on set um, the entire time together. And that the, the whole story kind of behind it because uh, it was because of ambiguous. Uh, uh, the quote from Miller was ambiguous press releases. So whatever that means. Well, I think so. Well, I know it, we're gonna made, it made everybody more, but... make up their own mind about it. it. Ogilvy was still brought in to do a very, very specific job and take the pressure off of Miller for making another Mad Max movie that he had to have done without his partner for the summer of 85 they were all committed to that much so well no but i mean i think one of the things that i as i've been thinking about it is that you know i think mad max there's definitely a driving force there's a there's an outcome that we're expecting same with road warrior there's definitely a goal i feel like max is very reactionary in this i mean he doesn't really take he he handles things well as we know he will but he just falls into all these things, every single one of them. Yep. I mean, getting into Barter Town, that's because of he his stuff got stolen. You know, he got put on the horse and sent out to the desert. That's how he stumbled upon the kids. So I think he, maybe he that's literally part of makes the... one decision in the entire movie, and it is not to murder Blaster. Otherwise, you're exactly right. Everything else is just. I, I guess he makes another one kind of at the end, but that decision sort of makes itself. So. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's something maybe subliminally that we're that I'm taking away why it's a lesser film. I mean, I think because it disjointed, but yeah, because it's like it's not the Max we know. It's not the take charge and yeah, kick ass guy. He's just doing whatever happens. To I happen. always thought it wasn't as good a movie just because the last movie was just almost perfect. I mean, I just don't think it could have been as good. And it 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 what it bravely does is it doesn't do all that same stuff again. You get the same kind of car chase again, but even watching that in the middle of the night last night, um, it isn't the same. Like it's not as intense or as cool, but it has yeah. a lot of really, really crazy, goofy stuff in it that is enjoyable and is kind of neat for its own sake. Them him stealing back master and jumping between the things and the shot of the yeah. thing parting with a people stuck out of it on the other side. Yeah. You know, who were right on top of us until our hero came along. Stuff like that is really fantastic. Oh, it's, again, it's, I, it's, this and is I like our iron bar and his nine lives, but Joel, you probably need to start us off on what the movie is. So we yep. talk about it in order and we'll get to all this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into it. We're, you know, already, already some, um, some excellent analysis, but, um, <laughs> let us, uh, jump right on in. Uh, so go ahead, strap yourselves into a giant rubber band thing and grab a chainsaw or a giant scythe of some kind. And let's get ready to talk about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I have to do a deep dive. Deep dive. 
Someday we'll have to do a deep dive on Ghost in the Shell. That's the thing that that quote comes from. <laughs> okay. or, or maybe we won't. Maybe I, we won't. I'm not sure that's going to be high on our list. Um, all right. So the 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 uh, the movie starts out. We get uh, uh, Max. Last time we saw Max, Max was alone. That was the last we ever saw of him. And he roamed the outback and he had nothing. But of course, Max is a scavenger. Max finds stuff. Max accumulates. He gets stuff to survive. And um, we see this train of camels pulling a cart uh, that is, you know, filled with all sorts of stuff. A monkey. Everything is here. Uh, And we're flying in. We're literally flying in. Uh, We think it's just an establishing shot, but no, no, this is indeed... POV from a plane, um, from a little and... little kind of toy plane, uh, and that is what's happening. Can I go back just nope. two seconds and talk about Absolutely. Mike Chapman and Holly Knight and One of the Living? Oh, I love that song. Li- I had forgotten about One of the Living, and that oh. was I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good song. So yeah, good. the movie had two great songs written for it and it doesn't start with the more famous of the two it starts with the sort of ugly step cousin but it's a fantastic way to start the opening credits are just yeah, white yeah. text on black but they are done in sort of a little goofy way where everybody which you don't normally see this where everybody's character, character name, name is stated yeah. so you're getting to see all these crazy character names that you're that it holds yeah, yeah. the promise of what's coming later in the movie uh, the Kennedy Miller uh, logo is very 80s chic, and you only see it in this film. It, it Geffeny. It, yeah, it's very Geffeny. I agree. That's that's a good term for it. So all you logo fanatics out there, we know you're out there. You know exactly what Michael's saying when he says Geffeny. Um, and it and it's just a cool song, and the title is huge across the screen. First time we've seen that. Like, um. And then the first music we hear coming out is not the familiar Brian May, um, you know, strings and mad woodwinds and horns of destiny. It's something much subtler for this film by uh, Maurice Jarre, who's brought in, I, presumably because he, to do a desert adventure movie because he did Lords of Arabia, probably. Uh, but what he comes up with is is has a little bit of Arabian desert adventure flavor to it actually later in the film, but it's very electronic and, and yet it's, it's kind of a perfect mix of both worlds as far as scores go in that time. Morris, obviously all time classic, but he can be a little bit old fashioned. He is here. And yet compared to may, this <laughs> is compared to that Bernard Herman stuff. There's none of that in this. And I think that's good because I actually think the joys of this movie are are like it or not. Most people don't like it, but they're just much much subtler than the where. Because I think Maze, I wouldn't change a note in Maze music for Road Warrior. It's fantastic, but it's hugely melodramatic, and that's been put away. Uh, so yeah, but we get this crazy bird's eye view shot. I'm always really frustrated when I watch the Blu-ray because it's got just. You can even see it in the credits. It's got this terrible telecine judder in the transfer. And so that thing, which should be the smooth soaring in, which is how they shot it, is going la, 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 the whole time like crazy. And I always like, why is it like that? They could have just 
All they had to do to fix that was just scan it again, and they didn't because of money, probably. Because um, it, it was, certainly wasn't shot with all that shake in it, but it's still a glorious opening shot, and that our establishment, without showing his face or anything, I mean, we, I think we know who he is, showing all his stuff and his monkey sidekick and all this crap that he has. Or is it the pilot that comes with the monkey sidekick that takes over the thing? I can't remember. No, no, no it's he Max has says. the monkey already. He's Max got the monkey changes monkey. allegiances in the film is what happens. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's better, actually. It's well, better. I, I am a big fan of One of the Living. I think that um, the version in the film is actually better than the kind of the single version. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a there's a key difference or there's something different about it. It's it's it, it's more it's simplified in the arrangement and it's abrasive and and that gives yeah. it a little more energy I in think. the movie in the movie in the movie yep. it's simplified and bra- yeah yep. okay awesome um, I, I guess I I never I don't know the last time I've heard the I guess we'll call it the studio version yeah yeah you got to own the but soundtrack I, for that. It's always been one of my favorite Tina Turner songs. Like I, I, there's something even more so than Thunderdome, I think, even though Thunderdome is so iconic in my youth. Um, but I, I think the introduction here of who I, I think we've had this discussion. I feel like we've talked about this numerous times that it's not the same character that happens to be on the plane as. And that's tough for Captain. people to get, but it isn't because the same it's character. Too, I know it's not, but it's so frustrating to me. Why not? Why not? Because yeah. you're you're it's the same actor, the same kind of attitude. They're both pilots. Uh-huh. Why? What what was the point of not making it the same? I don't quite get it. And it's it's always been frustrating because there is something at the very end, which I know we've talked about, uh-huh. that makes it seem like, hmm, could yeah, be. It, well, it's and not. it's not by accident. It's put in there deliberately where they sort of recognize each other. Um I don't, I don't under, I don't, I mean, I, the only, I'll try and justify the choice, although I'm with you, I have the same questions, it's a little weird. The only reason I can think of not making him the same is, is, is there, is that the character was probably written without Bruce in mind, and then it became somewhere along the line, or like, why don't we bring him along? That'll be weird, but whatever. This was not the era of continuity. The kids today, man, are obsessed with continuity. If you get something off or you do something different in one of the MCU movies that wasn't in one of the others or whatever, it confuses canon and it sends the internet into a uproar and into a literal uproar of pain and shouting and hurt feelings. And it's just, it's just terrible. This was just, well, let's do it. It'll be fun. Let's bring him back. And he's, the movie benefits from his presence. I think they didn't, I think they didn't meld the character to the old one because they, settled the old guy's story in the last film but it but... wouldn't have required much to change it it wouldn't have <laughs> no i mean literally have. him saying partner once all right it's it's the gyro captain yeah i don't know it's it's just always even as a kid i'm like i don't quite get because mm-hmm. i for years thought this is the same character and it was that look of recognition at the end that always convinced me that it was the same and i still maybe would fight to the to the death, be like, I think it's a possibility that it is. Well, and the movie leaves you that possibility, so it doesn't. It doesn't rob you of that. I don't think they, they've not, been asked about this, and of... they've always said, "Oh, it's not the same." So there's an official answer, but the mm-hmm. film plays it so coy and cute with it that you really, I do believe, it's okay for you to take away that that guy's the same guy, but he's not the same guy. But mm-hmm. it, it would I mean, ruin. I do think, it, <laughs> what it would ruin potentially is the ending of the. 
previous movie. Right. That's would my, go, yeah. well, I thought they, I thought they reached paradise. I thought they were able to live out the rest of their days. He what became the leader the of the tribe. Of he got married to a sweetheart. Yeah, I mean, you, the tribe. You, you take all yeah, that away be, when you make him not that. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I feel like he's got a kid. Maybe things, I don't know, didn't go well. And so he parted ways with his kid. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I could have, I could. Yeah, make up Chaka, Chaka took over, to, uh, took his, stole, he stole yeah, his wife. That and kid's he, like he was like, well, I got to live. I got to live as a cuck on the outback now. No, but yeah, he's the kid. The kid he's got is like, what, seven or eight years old. Right. Yep. So Chaka yeah. or around the distance of like, the between would be like 18 stories. years old. So he could have taken over. That's what I'm. That's my official stance. End of story. Done. There you that, go. No, you know that that would that would. Work. I mean, that theoretically that would work. Where everyone everyone is happy except for Gyro Pilot, um, who goes on and he's like, "Well, I don't have a Gyro anymore. Let's upgrade." Yeah. And uh, come on, kid. Captain's yeah. Captain's girl. We have so him wonderful- and his kids zoom over this the the Max's caravan of the future, and they rip them off. Essentially, they have this very complex way they steal from people. It's a fun way to open the movie. It puts it gets our character where you see he has not only been surviving in this apocalyptic world, but he has been thriving. Um, and it gets him down to ground zero in a hurry, which is where we want this guy. It's where he's most effective from a story standpoint. And and it's so mean of his former friend to do that to him. It, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying well, to appease to be, Michael here, but, yeah, to but be maybe fair, they don't he, know who they're doing know. it to. He would, yeah, because yeah. he's all he's all wrapped. He's all Lawrence of Arabia. Just some hooded nomad. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they're like, with oh, some let's... good stuff. Live with some good stuff, and so we take we take his stuff. And where do you take stuff that you steal? You take it to Barter Town. And of course, you know it's not hard for Max to track where they went. He's just following the tire tracks because it's not like they lifted the the. Yeah, camels he drops his kid into up. the thing, and it just takes off with the camels, with the rig, with everything. The rig's built on top of an old Ford uh, something, something from the similar era as the previous cars, but not the same kind of car. Mm-hmm. And it's got these big tires on it and it's all been changed. Some car genius figured out what model, exact model it was from what was left of the interior in the chase scene at the end. But um, but Time that's well cool. Spent. It's cool that it's something similar and it's very cool that it is not the same because we really don't need any more what's what confusion in this film than we already have. Um, and Barter Town is great. And again, here immediately you have Maurice's sophisticated music that clink, it's like just, it's like really, really cool and different. And Barter Town, the march into Barter Town is filled with all these extras and the guy selling radioactive, radioactive water. water. That guy's my favorite. What's Good a job, little fallout, huh? And the fact that, yeah, the fact that, yeah, and the fact that Max was able to, uh, you know, Max amongst one of the many things he scavenged was a uh, a, a, a detector and a, a radiation <laughs> and a detector that he keeps it on, and, and he keeps it on. So that never got stolen. That's you know, that's you keep it's that so on funny. you at all times. It's huge. Um, he would not be walking around with that thing. But the, again, the gag is yeah, it's like whatever. This movie's um, warning you right now. Take chill out. It's it's going to be okay. You got to calm down. It, it it isn't what it you know. Mm-hmm. It's a gag, right down to the gag, yeah. and when he shows up, you know, he sees his camels being sold. He shows up at the at the counter there where he's got a 
hand off his weapons and it's All the old weapons. i have nine thousand yeah. weapons on me it's you know great. one of which yeah. is as big as a horse that's a that's a classic well, gag it's great but um, i might i don't want to smooth over obviously we get introduced to iron bar and some of his gang but one of my favorite supporting characters is it what's his name is it the uh the, the bald dude with that kind of is the the gatekeeper guy. Yeah, there I are love subtleties that actor. Play, yeah. yeah, I he's oh so that guy. Great. Yeah, um, I can't that think of the character's name. Is uh, he, he's such a hoot. Every that... time he's on screen in this, he gives me he gives me the laughs. I just love him. I think he's great. I think all uh, these henchmen and all Frank, these be- yeah, go ahead. Frank Thring. Frank Thring is the collector. I thought collector. he was the collector. Okay, I thought yeah. All right. Yeah, he he um, he's great. He sort of works out the rules. You go to Barter Town, you know, you come here to trade, you, or you got nothing to, you got nothing to buy, got nothing to sell, got nothing to trade. You can't come here, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's, the brothel's what? full. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I I have a theory great. that uh, Barter Town was built on top of uh, an American suburban high school that somehow ended up in the outback. Uh, because there's a plethora of shoulder pads, uh, <laughs> theater theater uh, department wigs goth and masks, kids. Yep. goth kids, and um, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, the pig does sort of feel like the basement boiler room of a high school, actually, if you look yeah, at the design so down there and everything. So well, that's a theory that I'm working on. They're in well, some I, gutted um, out building because they didn't dig all that into the wall and then put all this old iron architecture in. No, but I I think what is so beautiful about that that reveal as he walks through and the music starts up again, the production design of this movie is insane. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like all of the detail, I mean, this place lives, it breathes, you can smell it when he's walking through. And and Dean Semler's photography is just off the hook good. It's really, really well made movie, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it absolutely is Mad Max uh, with with a budget i mean this is they oh, finally yeah. have they finally have a budget they finally have studio money yep. that is going to uh that, that like all right and fun make little it, side make story it look, sorry to interrupt when we just barely started but it's something worth mentioning that's part of the mad max lore um uh in the 90s uh george miller owned the rights to adapt and direct carl sagan's um contact and they really wanted to do that that like they were all for that for a while and then they got some other plan and warner really really wanted to do that with a different director robert zemeckis it turned out and contact is really really great so that all worked out for everybody but they had to get the rights from um from miller and they were going to give him millions but he's like what do you give the guy who already has everything is kind of the situation after you know all his films he was doing all right what he asked for was the rights to the road warrior and beyond Thunderdome, the rights to Mad Max were not Warner brothers to give, but he, they, they complied. So he got those two movies back in his house. And that's, that's happy too. Like it all kind of, that's a, that's a barter town, like side story special (laughs) for you there. (laughs) I think I always thought it was kind of neat that I, is better at, would be better at the end of the show, but I might forget it by the time we get there. So yeah, no, that uh, <clears throat> that's great. Yeah, because I had also read that he at one point wanted to like bring Mad, you know, the Mad Max world, this post-apocalyptic world, uh, into like uh, into like a series, a television series. I remember talking um, about that. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, yeah. I mean, which would work and probably would work in sort of a HBO sort, or I'm sorry, Max 
sort Correct. of way. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So who knows? Maybe maybe someday uh, something like that will still happen. Who knows? Uh, let, let's. It's going to be on but, Max. Uh, it's got to have a lot of foreign chefs setting things on fire. Yeah, for, foreign chefs setting things on fire. Uh, it'll be like. Max will show up and he's like, well, we have to somehow build a structure. And then all of a sudden Chip and Joanna Gaines will show up and go, <laughs> well, we're going to be, I think we can build Here's this. Here's upper. Yeah, I know. And this will be, and that's a feel good story because of course, in the apocalypse, they lost their well, parents. At the anyway. end, Bartertron <laughs> does need reconstruction. It's so true. yeah. Chip yep. and Joanna Gaines are the way to go. Chipping, yeah, or uh, 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 no, um, yeah, Aaron and Ben Napier are gonna come on down and make it look like, uh, make it look like. Is that uh, the hometown people? That's so, the hometown people. So, what does Max have? And, what does he have left? A certain set of skills, yep. Rachel. Yeah, he has a certain set of skills, and so, uh, and and he's quick. He's quick. It's noted that oh, it's like okay, that's something that we haven't seen. Someone who's quick <laughs> like this. Uh, and so it's like, um, come on, let's go, you know, screw all these other people waiting in line and all the money that is here to be made and all the goods that are, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to walk a half hour to go see, um, uh, auntie and go up a man powered elevator. I mean, there, there is an agenda, so it makes sense. No, he's been waiting and this is guys potentially the prize. I hope the collector has like a uh, collector light, like someone who could step in and help some of those other customers. I'm, I'm That's sure. all I'm no, saying. No, dude, customer they're service. Line. <laughs> they're, they are about For all to we know, get they're dinged. still there waiting in line. Yeah. yeah. They are going to get dinged on apocalyptic Yelp uh, for their customer service. Sounds um, like a deal. It's not. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, so we go see, and this is the, and we meet, uh, we, we, as we're climbing or as we're, uh, ascending on this, that, uh, let me just say that long, point. that it goes from this cheesy, you know, you got these leather clad muscled people operating the elevator to this wide shot where you see their figures in it. And I don't know quite how oh, they did this so with the, with the, the orange desert in the background. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the other thing that's great of watching the Blu-ray all these years of Road Warrior, which is, it's the way to watch it because you can see everything and there's a lot of detail in that movie. But the sad thing about it is the, the, the high definition transfer really does bleed all that sepia, as Michael noted last week, out of it. And it's just back with a vengeance in this movie. And it's, except it's kind of done right where it's, 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 Semler captured it in the moment as opposed to just post-processing the detail out of everything afterwards. And it looks awesome. And that's one of my mm -hmm. favorite shots in it. Just it's, yeah, majestical. It's yeah. and it but you got to wonder where, to it and, well, where's, where's and, Auntie uh, and Tauntaun's um, sewage going? Because there's no kind of pipes coming down. No, well, not only that, they do a, almost a 360 of the room. Where does she sleep? Like, it's, it's like, is this yeah. just her office? It feels like she must live up there. Yeah. But, well, she wouldn't be with the yeah. riffraff, but I, I obviously, I don't want to jump on you, Joel, but it's like this introduction and this character are legendary in my movie mind. Like I love Tina in this role. I love the character. Every time it's the same thing with like the collector. Every time I watch Auntie or watch this movie and I see Auntie, I mean, I just smile. She just makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And Tina's she, delivery, everything she's, is so She's perfect. vamping it up, but oh, in, so a, in a way that really... In a way yeah. that you have to do on screen where you can't just be, she's, you know, she's keeping it tight and, and yet oh. really, really vamping it up. And that's what the role need, calls for. 
yeah, you need an absolute, you need it. Uh, this is one of those times where you need an iconic performer yeah. that already, that brings a mystique to that. The audience has knows something yes. about ahead of time. I mean, I shouldn't say they don't have to, but uh, it, it helps. It helps that we know Tina Turner. It helps that we know her as this, uh, this ballsy singer that is just like this badass woman all of that is is just a great shorthand so that when we meet her we know that she's she like, business yeah and she's i mean she is she's she's not you know she's not asked to carry the movie she's not asked to do anything she's what she is asked to do she absolutely delivers on um she's really fun um but uh, before the, we get two, to tina the, two, the leaders of the two communities that we meet are both women too. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, but real quick, uh, the uh, uh, nod back to the, to Mad Max, the first Mad Max, as we're coming up, uh, we hear uh kick-ass saxophone playing. Yep. Just saxophone, you know, and it's, and it's like, Oh yeah. They, so that we get this great sort of full circle moment where the saxophone is back. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, she has a, a yeah, so. private blind saxophone player. Yeah, yep, some would call him a uh, private saxer, a saxer <laughs> for money. <laughs> uh, sax is what you want him to sax, and um, Play but something, we content. something tragic. Yeah, uh, he pulled. He oh, pulled that, yeah, that's he pulled a great the right little moment for sure for this. That's a great moment. little moment too. That plays something tragic. Um, something content, tragic. So, that's so, a, yeah, uh, so this is the uh, this is the the. Uh, the the moment that really uh, propels things forward. Uh, Auntie has a uh, Auntie and her coterie of imaginatively named uh, friends. Um, well, before have... before you go into what she wants of Max, I do want to say that there's a night we talk always the time all the time about um, storytelling very compact and and um, mm -hmm. efficient. Yep, we get just that tiny little bit about Auntie about I was nobody before the day, the, and then the day after I was somebody and I built this. That's it, that's all we get. We didn't know she has family, husband, children, anything like that. And I, I always have appreciated that. It's like, okay, she, so what What did she do before? I mean, was she, you know, did she work? Yeah. The less you know, the better, because you ask all those questions and it is the questions and not the answers that are interesting. I've mm -hmm. said it over and over on the show. The more you find out about Hannibal Lecter, the lamer and stupider he is. He, he, <laughs> you, you just suck the mystique and suck the danger out of the guy. Mm -hmm. And each successive thing where they just completely dissect it and explain everything away, you know. Well, he, I, Hannibal has I, this great line in 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 uh, in Silence of the Lambs. It's not in the movie; it's in the book. But he says, you know, he, or in Manhunter, in in Red Dragon, he says you. He goes, nothing, you know, nothing, I, nothing made me like this. I always was this. And you just have to deal with that. And that's such a great go yeah. after yourself mm -hmm. line. So be careful what you wish for when you go read the Auntie Entity comics and whatever the other crap that's out there, the fan fiction. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I, I agree with, with, with Joel. This, I was just going to say that I agree with you that the fact that we don't get anything but Tina. That's it. Mm -hmm. But it's so it does enough. strengthen yeah. it does strengthen my theory about the uh, American suburban high school that somehow ended up in the Australian Outback because she, of course, is American. Yep. Uh, and um, so, so is, I'm thinking so she was. 
like she was the uh, uh, she was the like the drama teacher uh, yeah. or maybe maybe a parent who volunteered on costumes <laughs> uh, specializing in massive shoulder pads. And um, that, that, uh, but that anyway. costume alone should have won an Oscar. That is so iconic. And I'm like, I literally oh, yeah. one day want to be that for Halloween. I want to be anti-entity. Yeah. Anyway. That I'd would like be, to see that. that. Be great. I would. Yeah. That, if you do that, we will uh, have a whole show dedicated to your Halloween costume. All right. Cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so uh, we, so the, the, uh, the offer is made. Um, here's what you, you know, here's what you can get in exchange for everything that you need. And we'll, we'll outfit you with everything that you lost because we saw his camels, we saw that the pilot uh, and everybody they've landed there, they've sold off all of his stuff. Um, uh, Doctor Deal Good is uh, auctioning off um, all of the, you know, the, the camels. Uh, so Max just wants back what was his. In exchange, they have a proposition for him, um, and the target is. Master Blaster. Oh, uh, yeah. So we have. Uh, is that before? No, no. So they give them the offer, and then they then they then give them the like test the, first, which is really fun. The test though. first. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Congratulations. Test, yeah, so. You survived the audition. <laughs> exactly. It's great um, stuff. Where they basically and, and, just yeah, all they, attack him, and he's the first guy to survive the uh, the test, the audition. So so then so they like, then okay, they make this, this good work. Then they make this pitch. They they explain what makes the whole show go, which is this style of fuel based on pig excrement. Uh, and he because he even um, says yep. bullshit, and they're like, no pig and, shit, no pig no, shit, pig shit. <laughs> he um, makes the distinction. Pig shit, methane so, cometh from pig shit. Yeah. He says yep. great delivery, and and the and the you know the man who runs the mastermind the being, behind the, it all, the, yeah. Uh, just since we're saying it again, I'll repeat also American. Um, yep. Master is, Blaster is, is a fellow named, yeah, Master Blaster, which is really two guys one, Master the Brain, and Blaster the Muscle. Uh, Master's a little person who rides around on the top of a giant, hulking, masked automaton. And together they form an extremely powerful and difficult to reckon with uh, team and and yet master is their tinkerer he's the guy that makes the post-apocalypse work he's the one who fixes all the broken stuff and makes everything mm -hmm. go so they want to lose the muscle but keep the brain and then they want to and then then that way they'll be able to control him right Manipulate now him, yeah right because every yeah because like like everything we think that uh you know and and um, you know, we think that everything is being run from the top, but really it is, it is that, you know, it's that control the technology it's, and it's you, the you control the, yeah, it's, it is. Well, I want, I want to, before we go too far, I want to talk about one of my favorite edits in the film is you can shovel shit. Can't you one her delivery, but then the cutaway to the, to the pig farm underneath yeah, yeah. and then the music starts up. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. great. I love but they, this movie. they basically say you got to kill him and, and you got to do it in a way that nobody knows it's us. And he's like, why? Yeah. he asked them, why don't you just kill him? And they're like, they're, they're dealing in subtleties here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you got to yeah. do it and it can't come back to the top. Yeah, He's whatever. almost family. Yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. quite the phrase. Actually. That's a very, very cool line. He's almost family. So, so like how that. do we kill? How do we kill the muscle but keep the brains? Well, that is where we are introduced to 
Thunderdome. Uh, Thunderdome is uh, is it is like a it, well, it is it's a steel um, cage uh, where you know you go in and you fight it out um, one on that? one. Um, yeah, a and a couple things before we get too into Thunderdome. He has to go down there. His rig is down there. His rig is bombed to explosive. There's a very funny mechanic guy who, yeah, who is saved from exploding at the last second by our hero's entrance. That's, I mean, we don't need to go into detail about that, but that's a fun sequence. Um, and then, uh, and then we also meet Pig Killer, who I maybe my favorite character in the movie. The more I watch it, as I grow older, like I didn't really get him as a kid. I didn't care. He's fine, but. As I grow older, like his story, hey, it's all just life anyway. Like his whole attitude is, oh, life oh, expectancy down is about three years. Well, whatever, woo. I just something about that dude and his his part in the finale is interesting. That crazy moment, and we, this is leaping way ahead. But the other reason I really like it, that crazy moment where he looks up from playing with the pigs to see that kid standing there. Yeah. There's there's something nebulous. We're not told what this moment is about, but it the the way it's shot, yeah, yeah, and just the way it's captured. There's something really, really human that transpires silently between these two characters. So, Pig Killer is the only guy to make friend with Max in his brief time working down in the pig shit. Mm -hmm. Just a couple things worth <clears throat> mentioning. Uh, but he does. Robert, he does pick played a fight. by Robert Grubb. Robert Grubb, maybe an Australian relation to our George. old college chum, George. George. Um, we'll have to find out. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so Max goes down and, and spends a day uh, doing a little cosplay as, uh, as a uh, pig shit shoveler. And because he wants to get the size of the man, he wants to figure out, okay, how can I beat this guy? Um, uh, the, the guy being Blaster. And uh, he he sorts it out because when they are trying to disarm his car, right, <laughs> uh, which they make they make Max go in and 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 uh, and disarm uh, disarm not a car but disarm his rig, and um, he it, it's a car a under buttons. there, believe it or not. So yeah, it's, well, it's yeah. sort of accurate. <laughs> it feels um, more like I, a giant. I, I don't know what, but it is a car. Yeah, it's a it's a wagon. I mean, yep. it's a giant it's a car. He's turned a covered into a wagon. wagon. Yeah. Um, and so he, uh, in the process of, of disarming it, he hits a couple of things that are some alarms and he sees that the blaster has some issues with sound in that helmet. Yes. Um, he has some sensory issues and, uh, and, and we've so seen Max from his pile of lost crap. We've seen him pick up a little navel whistle. Yeah. And bless you, Joel. And and just like, and I always like that moment, the navel whistle thing, because it reminds me of the music box that he scavenges at the beginning. Yes. Like he looks at it yeah, yeah, and absolutely. somewhere in the back of his head, his instinct for living or whatever it is, like maybe it's pot. There's that, yep. there's that well, murder's chance that this one thing might really, actually help that me That really lasts, uh, that little bit right before, at the very opening, the way he blows the whistle and it distorts, mm -hmm. I think is so wonderfully creepy. I, I don't agree. know. Anyway, going ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so yeah you could you know I, I, you could you could do a whole uh treatise on mad max and the the importance of 
uh, music slash art in a post-apocalyptic world. Well, uh, and more I mean, importantly, the, the, the interconnectivity of each moment and how everything, mm -hmm. how you, how each moment doesn't really make you think of anything, and then it it does, and then it comes back to be meaningful later. Yeah, it's very yeah. Cool. You're right because yeah, because you're absolutely right because it, it, it again it shows that Max is literally he's gonna like well who knows this might be someone yes. I might be able to trade this for something. Or well, it's not only that you, yeah. when everything falls off the the truck in the beginning, well, you only have you only have so many things you can carry, and you're not getting that right. much. You know, yeah. grab everything you can. Thank okay. thanks to Monkey. Monkey's yes. the one shoving shoving stuff out to make sure that he can track. That is so the monkey. That is monkey the least, least loyal animal sidekick that you will ever see. That <laughs> yep. Um, it is all right. So I mean, compared to his dog, just the comparison is like. Look how far you've fallen, man. Your traveling companions are worthless. That dog saves his life multiple times. That monkey's like, oh, I guess I'm with this kid now. Screw you, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, got, he's got food? Sweet. Okay. That's it. Um, uh, all right. So uh, it's a, it's how do you beat How do you beat Blaster? you got to fight him one-on-one -on -one in Thunderdome. Uh, well, after out, those so alarms gotta... go off, he blows the whistle. And sees to that it has sure the it same reaction. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it's yeah, only sure then that he same. picks the fight with him when he when he knows he has a trump card that he can play. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, go ahead, Joel. Uh, Sorry. Into no, I was Thunderdome. just gonna say. I mean, so they 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 uh, we they're like the fight is picked. Go into Thunderdome, um, and uh, you go in without weapons, but there are weapons strategically placed around that if you can get to them, you Chance can use them. Decides. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, and you are hooked up to essentially giant rubber band yep. bungee uh, apparatuses um, for, I guess, just for entertainment purposes to make it is the very fight pre, seem a little bit more fun. Bungee technology, I would say, it's yep. pretty accurate. And um, and you can't and, can't gloss over Auntie's amazing entrance. <laughs> yeah. So and, so it's of course obviously this is entertainment. This is the gladiatorial games. Yeah. Everyone comes. And there is a direct uh, zip line, for lack of a better term, from Auntie's office slash uh, <laughs> sparse. I really refer to it as her office as well. I, I, really I think that's more that. what it is. Than... Oh my god! Her yeah. um, her uh, her domicile. Uh, well, no, I'm just picturing Tauntaun at a desk typing up yeah. there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh. Uh, it's lunchtime. Oh, and we, I guess I, we're I gotta probably, go there's probably too many to track throughout, but what we, we in the audition, we saw Iron Bar, really great sidekick character, uh, basically a stunt man with a couple of lines. He, his best mm -hmm. line is here in the Thunderdome sequence. Um, just oh, fun. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, we've seen him um, survive one of his nine lives in the film. He literally has nine lives. He dies nine times, but doesn't ever die. Mm -hmm. maybe maybe he's dead at the end i still like to think if you count him he makes it out of the rubble at the end <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's hard to say you um, can have it either yep. way if you really just if your dark soul needs iron bar to be dead at the end and you can believe that too <laughs> um i just think that again it's just stupid and cartoony and clownish it's the things that joel says it is but and it really is but it's it's iron bars multiple deaths are fun they're effing hilarious i mean they're really really after you get into the second you know the first one you're like well, what what the, by the third the, or fourth one i mean i'm just giggling every time it happens but that's that's the that's the difference between road warrior and mad max one of the profound differences because 
Gyro Captain does bring some comic relief, but it never. Yeah, never descends to that level at all. It's a the, dark, dark world. Yeah, but then this is just literally like Looney Tunes. Yeah, it is. You know, and it's it yep. just doesn't. It's fine. It's you're you're right. It's fun. It's goofy. It's fun. But I'm like, based on what's actually happening, and then what we're about <laughs> to see in Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't jive. I mean, because it's there's a lot going on in that last moment inside the dome, you know? Yep. So we get... Uh, so she so, doesn't just zip um, line in either. She zip lines in on a throne, essentially. On a throne. It's really cool. And <laughs> she, grand. she has she has her, uh, you know, she has the um, what can only be, uh, I mean, the only sort of luxury box or the yes, uh, it is royal a luxury box, stand. Totally uh of of thing everything else is just everyone just climbs on because it's a jungle gym it's yep. like one of those kind of half uh that really is what dome. it is it's it's yeah, a jungle I mean, it's gym a, it's a really large really like jungle gym domed climbing like you thing would find that you like you would find at a of. suburban school in america ah, yeah. um and um and that, that they've attached yeah they've attached all these the steel to it uh spikes kind of coming out of it in places that you could use uh as part of the fight so we have uh we have the blaster this uh giant uh behemoth of a man uh and max the uh the nimble mouse and we and he and like it's flipping the man with no name <laughs> yeah that's really the that's a great little moment fantastic. yeah and I'll um, mention that Jedediah, the pilot, who may or may not be the gyro captain, yep. and Pig Killer are, are, see, are next to each other, to to their Thunder heads Dome. kind of in the same little hole in Thunderdome. Yeah, Dome. hey, even, and yeah, the, even the, the reaction prisoner, shots even the guy, by them Pig, are yeah. pure comedy, sketch well, comedy I, classics. I think overall this whole sequence is so amazingly edited because there is so much going on. I mean, mm -hmm. you get the, the stab in the audience, all the cutaway reactions of anticipation from Auntie's people. Yep, yep. There's just so much happening. It's intense. It's wonderful. It's... Um, Dr. Gielgud yeah. and his lovely assistants and all the pageantry that goes with it and oh. the mm -hmm. things yeah, that they speech, chant. Like that. Yeah. And, and then just the bungee fight in general. Of course, nothing... It's nothing the plan works out to one degree or another, but it, nothing goes as expected. It it really, really yeah, goes yeah. wrong in every way possible. It's a thrilling mono e mono, you know, fight. It it really is Thunderdome is super yeah. cool. And it's the high point, it's the jumping off point for a lot of fans of the for, for a lot of fans of Mad Max. They're like, This is it, and then I just turn it off and go to bed. Yep. Um, Blaster, yeah. Bla Blaster <laughs> Blaster is uh is a uh he's obviously he's a brutal fighter. He is brawn. Um, you know, so it's it is uh you, you know typical, gotta be quick like, to fight him. You you can't yep. you can't be tougher than him. There's no chance. Yeah. And, um, and you know, Max, it's not all, you know, Max is losing at points and then, uh, then figures it out, gets a hold of that whistle. And After that's the when get kicked all over the like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, finally gets, gets a hold of that whistle, <laughs> and um, and then is like game, the essentially game over at that point, and, and he's got this the, the big like carnival like judge your strength Sledge hammer him. thing yeah. that he yep, that, and that even that is boom boom, and the one where he hits him from below and it knocks his helmet the mask off. off. Yep, it's and the, so the impact of that that you feel when you're watching it is really really amazing. Um, Yep, everyone sees who uh, another masterfully made action sequence in the Mad Max. The, the who the blaster really is, and the blaster 
is uh is uh he is a man with down syndrome um right. who apparently is just this uh um hulking thing and um and, and master for some reason and this is neat master and for played, some reason max by... won't but max won't kill him max at, yeah. you know is like yeah well, yeah but for some reason master max runs looks to at him, him first and makes his plea although it, max hesitates right away like he doesn't want to kill mm-hmm. him but no, master comes running into thunderdome this is key because it ends up being a, a tricky thing that auntie's got to get out of he and and you know cradles him essentially master's played by a great uh little person actor angelo rosito who's fantastic in this movie really really fun one of, one of his later roles of his career and um and he, no can't you see he's he's just blah, blah, blah. i mean it's just so yeah. now all of a sudden oh. whatever we thought about these people and the embargoes and their feuding and how they're both bad guys like it it, it it's partly that it, it is partly that innocent look on the on mass blaster's face no question but it's but it's it's more than that it's the it's, it's, you know he really cares about this guy and stuff and well, I, yeah so max does refuses i mean ultimately he he hesitates for sure and then he ultimately refuses to kill him well and, this is one of one of two scenes in the film that i would consider road warrior level brutality yeah um this is harsh yeah, because the, the even after all that, they but... shoot him with a crossbow from outside oh, the arena and just kill him, which yeah, is it's... awful after everything <clears throat> that we've seen. And and then you're left with Master and Max still in Thunderdome with everybody chanting, one man enter, two man enter, two one man, man leave. And and Auntie can't, she doesn't see, she's gotten what she wants, she doesn't see running the place, so she basically has to zoom in, fly down in there, she does this howl, oh, you know, which is fantastic. Don't you think I know the law? <laughs> I wrote the law or whatever. It's it's a really cool yep. scene. And she's like, okay, right or wrong. Because he keeps saying no deal. And they're like, hey, what deal? And like, all this has gone wrong now. Everything's out in the open. Yeah, yep. And she goes, right, like it or, you know, like it or love it. Or he broke a deal. Yeah, he broke a deal. You break a deal, you spin the wheel. And now the chat changes from <laughs> two men into yeah, one man. Yeah, the audience has a chance for more carnage now. They Yay. they might they might see another <laughs> another death, another thing. And but you can see how very, under yeah. her thumb they are, and it really is was this one guy standing in her way of absolute power. Yes. And but what she absolutely couldn't have was the two of them duking it out to the death, and Max walking out, and Master and Blaster both being gone. So she's got to jump in, fess up. She's got to do. She's just got to do quick yeah. thinking, quick work here to get this turned around in her favor and because she's got a law that includes a chant she gets the chant going her way again and the mm-hmm. wheel just when you get some time pause on the wheel and just make sure you look at oh, the oh, options yeah. i can tell you right. i can tell you i have them i have them right here let's go so the uh, here the options are acquittal <laughs> so you have a chance now that of course is the smallest wedge yeah but uh you have a chance yeah amputation <laughs> yep Auntie's choice. I love I like that, that one. one. Yeah. I love that one. Too. Yep. Death, just death. Yep. Forfeit goods. Fair. That's you know, for if you were a big time. I would have been good for Max good. because he doesn't have anything. Right, just the right. whistle at this point. Uh gulag. Yep. Gulag. Gulag, which um we'll get to. We'll more. find out what that is. <laughs> Hard labor, life imprisonment, spin again. <laughs> spin again. <laughs> and 
uh, and Underworld. I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't do the spin again gag. Oh my in this god! Movie. No, it's just funny enough that it's on there. E- even the whole thing where they explain it. Oh, you spin the wheel, break a deal, spin the wheel, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And and even um, that I can't take my eyes off her when she's on screen. I don't normally admit this sort of thing, but that that Dabo sister looking assistant. She comes up to him and takes his hand and kind of spins it for him. Yeah. So adorable and like isn't this fun like i'm gonna do my job here or whatever <laughs> yeah. I, I something about that is amazing to me and and it spins and it, what is it it's almost auntie's choice right and but it ends yes, up being so. click 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 gulag gulag <laughs> and everyone gulag. gets the chant again Ooh, yeah. gulag, gulag. i'll let joel with and, his incredible um descriptive powers to explain to us what gulag ends up being <laughs> Okay, so Gulag uh, is is a banishment. It's it is you are sentenced to die by uh, by banishment. It is it is the equivalent Closure. of sending someone, yeah, someone out on an ice flow. Uh, but so he is put, uh, he is tied and uh, bound and tied on the facing backwards on a donkey. This donkey has uh, the proverbial carrot. It's on actually a, stick, a horse. But in this case, it is. A oh, horse, sorry, yeah. but yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, horse. Sorry, uh, but the proverbial carrot in front of the uh, uh, in front of the horse in this case uh, is uh, water. Yeah, a little um, weird a little, little water thing little... that comes out in front of him and hangs, and it's this mm-hmm. little yeah. ball hangs, so it's like water oh, that little jiggles ball. Yep. back and forth. So and, odd and goofy. Um, and, and he is know, also placed on his head as some sort of uh, giant paper mache mask. Paper mache mask, of... like you would build in a high school art class. <laughs> um and so uh yeah they put this giant oversized comical cartoon head on him and you know and theoretically that is going to do nothing but capture heat and uh you know and make him even more miserable so slap slap the horse's ass and off into the wasteland it also means that mel doesn't have to do this stunt um and uh so you put the mask on him i i kind of love it i i mean i i I can, you know, the, the conversation was quick, but it was like, uh, you know, we got to have this horse go off into the desert and ride backwards and Mel, you know, whether it's Mel saying, I'm not going to do that. Or someone go, <laughs> yeah, we get, well, we, we got, okay, well, they would probably put a mask on him. Sure. Okay. Well, let's put a mask on him. Well, let's, not, let's not just put a mask on him. Let's put yeah, a carnival. You know, like mask. if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna do this, let's go over the top with it. Cause that is this movie. That is the yeah. 80s. Everything is over the top. And so uh off he goes. They are off into the desert. And He's, you know, and, and he had a weird career at this point. He was he was a star, sort of, but he was only really known for being Mad Max. All his other movies are weird costume dramas and prestige films. Mrs. Sofail and The River and um, You're Living You're Dangerously in Gallipoli. Like it, it. His other movies weren't big star making things. They were they were little Oscar bait movies essentially. So his career, because Lethal Weapon's a movie or two away, mm-hmm. it, it you know he was a known guy and a big star. Max made him a star, no question. But he wasn't like some kind of. He was still doing most of his own stunts in this. He was still like on board for the Mad Max experience. So I don't even know that it's not him under there, but it, why would it be? You could have the second unit right. shoot it without him, and that that is probably what they did. Yeah. 
Yeah, you don't want to put your, you know, I, I, I'm not saying I like Mel big time. Did I'm just saying no, you no. don't want your star having to do that. You know, sit in and heat. Like I said, stuff. if it's a um, horse scene and there's no people in it, you're you, just a stunt guy. You didn't even want anyone to show up that day. Just send the four other guys out there and have them capture mm-hmm. that and shoot some sunsets and then come back yeah, and eat like, some catering. Yeah. Like eight eight dudes like passed out from sunstroke in the oh, making of this yeah. film. They yeah, had like more a, than I, one Panavision lens on this film for a change, so yeah. they really were able to um, have multiple crews and stuff. The film feels it because they just capture so, random beauty every everywhere, and that's yeah. You you can do that when you don't have to focus on capturing every little shot on your docket each day. If you've got mm-hmm. a second unit, they just start shooting stuff, and then you just put the best stuff in the movie. So we have, uh, so, uh, every, you know, Max is gone by auntie is like, ha ha. Yeah. His tauntaun winner, freezes winner. before it gets to the first marker, basically yep. collapses. Uh, winner. Yeah. Winner, winner, uh, bacon dinner. Um, everyone, you know, auntie gets what she wants. The master is there. They, they can, uh, you know, browbeat him <clears throat> and threaten him. Yeah. Tor- torture yeah. Him. Threaten him, torture him a little bit to get him to do what he needs to do uh and um which they do and mm-hmm. and so uh, hey everything is uh everything is coming up tina uh and uh so um and then beyond thunderdome goes when it goes beyond thunderdome yeah, when it goes it beyond thunderdome a bit of a turn yeah yes. i was gonna say and then it fades <clears throat> to black and we are left and the credits roll and we're like wow yep. that was short and bleak but wow what a why are there children film. singing in this song i don't quite understand oh yeah uh, well, all the children okay. sing and then we uh get the um uh well then we have uh who sends out the message who sends the monkey pig the, killer. the pilot <clears throat> oh pig, pig no yeah pig killer sends sends a message you know like hey here send this to you know track track uh track max um here's some water here, get here give him again some, give big him, killer yeah, quietly water. really really important character in this film actually yep. it's kind of neat yeah big big killer for some reason is yeah he is still Had to feed the kids he's the, he's the crazy <laughs> yeah while he is you know everything he delivers is uh kind of a, a manic craziness he is the most uh sane and empathetic person um in here <laughs> so uh sends this water out uh via monkey um, but, uh, and this is, I'm looking at the, uh, the chapter list and, um, this next part is called found by a lost tribe. Mm. <laughs> some, we do see um, some, some mask sort of desert rat come across him. Right. And drag mm-hmm. him someplace. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then blow, and, uh, blow the horn of arrival or whatever. And, and it's Savannah. Yeah. Yep. Who's and that actor? Suddenly, she's, she's gone on to have a pretty decent career. Uh, uno momento, por favor. Uh, but they end up in this uh, beautiful crack in the world um, where everything is just glorious. It is it is Neverland. Water. It is the Lost Boys. It is, uh, it is everything beautiful why would you ever want to leave it um i'm trying to find uh, you shouldn't what was her what was her name uh savannah Savannah is the name of the character yeah Yeah. helen helen boudet or helen bidet she's a good actor she's still yeah she has done yeah i mean she's yeah she's still she's still working yep she's still got you know stuff going on um but anyway um 
and uh so she uh so yeah brings brings him back and he is you know he's passed out max has had a rough couple days um and so gulags uh, will do that you know yeah as as one is wont to do when uh (laughs) when one has been gulagged uh he is passed out they are you know nursing him back to health um, in you know, one of the classic ways to nurse someone back to health, health of give course, him is to give them a haircut. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and so they, um, you know, he's and and you know, randomly, Max suddenly wakes up. He doesn't know where he is. Shocker! He's like, oh my god, what's going on? Uh, off I go. I love, and um, I'm sorry, guys. I I love this part of the movie. I love that the movie goes here. I really, really love all of this. Him getting up and and talking to these kids and hey, and they all just repeat what hey, he said. Hey, yeah, hey. It's so yeah. uh, it's so weird, disorienting, and off putting, and delightfully frustrating. <laughs> and one one quick thing: the lighting yeah. on him when he's passed out. There's that weird bluish lighting. It's so glorious because he looks dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Love that. Yeah, yep. that's a neat shot. Um, and, and so he, uh, yeah, so he, he, and, and he's we, looking around never, he's like, well, the glorious thing ahead, about it is that in this sequence, we have never seen Max thoroughly more out of his element and unable to cope with what's going on around him than we do here. Every other thing, while the pressure is higher, the stakes might be higher. he always just gets by, gets by on grit and quickness and all that stuff that he's got quick thinking, those survival instincts and he does not the fact that he doesn't know what to do with these guys i just find sort of delightful. well he stopped raising his child when the child was you know eight months so right. you know yeah and there is ne'er an adult to be seen it is uh uh and and this is a weird place where every child grows up to be um incredibly good looking yeah, um, <laughs> that happens. Uh, there, and a couple of these no guys clearly here. have children. Yeah. We see a pregnant one, I believe. So they're yep, they're yep. So evolving they're building... their own sort of system. Okay, yeah, well, they're building quite... a society. Yeah, go ahead. Question for you guys: So, what is your theory? Because Savannah and I can't remember uh, the the older guy's name, kind of the male leader of the group. Oh yeah, that's because um... they're both like what eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, that must Where be. Are is the that... older people? Is that Finn McCoo? I don't know. Say the actor's name. I'll know that if I hear it. Adam Skugel. No. Uh, it starts with an Shane S. Tickner. Shane Tickner. No. Uh, Rod Zwanick. As it's weird. Screeners. He's low because uh, in the credits, and you don't see this on IMDb, separated with the ones who left and the ones who stayed. And he's the top yeah. name on the ones who stayed. So keep reading down and we'll get to them. I'll know it when yeah, I get I'm, I'm just looking by looking by uh by Helen's name. So we have uh yeah, but Helen don't. Mark Spain. He, she went, he stayed. Yeah. Read further down. But the but the question Tom is Tom Jennings. That could be the it. The question is, where are the older people? And yeah. I know we have we see the little tick marks on the cave drawings. I get all that and I see mm-hmm. the names and all these things, but that had to have been from two decades ago. Yep. So where are the people above the age of 19? I don't know. I'm always like, where are they? Because Maybe they went on carousel and, and didn't get renewed or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just have always kind of wondered, wouldn't there be at it, least some 30-year-olds? It's year weird. It doesn't stand mm-hmm. up to it that sort track. of... To, yeah, to that sort of... Uh, you know, it's like a fable. It's a, kind of how I choose to... Well, I, I mean, it. yeah. yeah. It, because also there are no kids in Barter Town. 
Um, there and you know, and that, it is suggested or implied that they that these two groups of people are related in some sort of way, but you don't really know how. Interesting. I've never made that connection. Well, it's That's because kind of... it's not explicit at all, and it, of course it shouldn't be. Again, if you if you start dealing with even little bits of here we're giving you some information, then it all crumbles because it doesn't make a lot of sense that yeah. that the kids that are this age are, are have been here for what feels like it has to be generations and yet can't be. It just doesn't it doesn't survive scrutiny very well. So yeah. we'll, the only right. way to get through this is to kind of not scrutinize it. But it's worth Got mentioning it. it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. It does not. Mm-hmm. But they're oh, but what's cool go. about them isn't that it's their their mm-hmm. myth mythology that they have built around themselves their way their religion the way their society works the hierarchy of it um other than the character whose name we couldn't find but is in there somewhere there is a a kind of it's you don't feel like one's in charge of the other but you do feel like they're the two clear leaders there's a very buxom good-looking young fella um on the other side of things when things break down and then of course like every cool tribe out in the wilderness um this tribe has a medicine man who I adore by the name of Screw Loose, who I always, every yeah. time I see him, I think of Michael as a youth. I think ah, Michael, I think Screw Loose captures a little bit of Michael's youthful soul. Is this the guy so, with the Bugs Bunny? Yep, and the dark yeah. eyes. So Tom Tom Jennings as Slake Mathers. Slake, it, it's Tom Jennings. Slake. Thank you for sticking S. with that. It is I knew Slake. it was an S. Oh, that is so not worth the payoff, though. Yeah, but Slake. <laughs> Mather, Mathurst, Mathurst. Oh man. Okay, so the tribe who left. Yeah, that's so. There you that's, go. There's a bunch of cool people. Rodswanik, Virgins yeah, yeah. in this as a really, really young kid. There's a whole bunch of really cool people that kind of have all lots of personality. But it those three we should concentrate on because they're the ones that carry us through our various things going forward. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can we Sorry, explain I'm still, I'm without? Still... I'm reenacting still, uh, their entire play that they put on for him what they yeah. what whatever happened happened but what they think is happening now what they think is going on right the pocket so, clip uh, yeah yeah, po- yeah a, pocky a clips. plane yeah plane crashed um uh and you know people people survived and uh see this is and so i this is why and this could also play into why there are no uh, adults is is though it still doesn't track uh the adults um uh left and they said that captain walker will you know captain walker who was the pilot led, led the whole thing he's like I, w- I will come back i will come back and get you i will come back and save you and the these kids of course have that, and have they made is... that mural that wall painting since he's shown up that no no That's i've always who... looked at it as some kind of supernatural i mean the flying fake bird the fact that it well, looks here's, exactly like gibson there's something very uh, even dressed like him no, i mean how could they yes. have gotten no, all that right no no we no which we see we see uh screw loose when when max first arrives um and everything we see just the face mm-hmm. on the wall with nothing around it so screw loose uh, has made has filled in has the gaps made it, okay that filled it in to look like ma- uh which max, is why they I cut his hair no. to make him look like the person on the wall makes sense sure yeah and they probably ran out of they, they ran out of black making all of that uh, <laughs> uh you know trying to make the outfit um they're like oh, oh can we just cut his hair i'm i'm really low on charcoal here. Uh, yes exactly and um 
So, uh, yeah. So the, you know, they believe that captain Walker uh, has returned and, and they are to be saved. They are to be taken out of this hellscape of natural water and amazingness and plenty of food and And safety. And they are Um, absolute true believers in this myth. They can't, cannot mm -hmm. be shaken off of it, or at least some of them cannot be shaken off of it. It's, it is a religious cult that he has stumbled upon. And that's Max says, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. After this really elaborate and fun presentation with a lot of really fun chanting and a lot of this fun language with the way they talk. I really, I enjoy the, what are they called? Only things. The TV. Yeah, yeah. What was that? The Sonic. The, the Sonic. Yeah. And then they've got uh, a do... view master that shows them where they're going, and it's just this so... is Walker. <laughs> it only is <laughs> only is uh, only thing missing is C three PO you doing sound effects. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, but yeah, so uh, we get you know, and and Max realizes like, oh man, okay, that these they yeah they they are. This is a cult. This is the, this is their religion. They believe this, but I am. And he says, I'm not Captain Walker. I'm not. Yeah, it, it's the way he says it. Look, he's so reasonable. But, and yet what he's saying is, well, there is no Santa. There is no, I mean, it's the stuff he's saying is brutal to these kids yeah. when, and when their belief mm-hmm. system, but it's, it, you're just going to, there's no tomorrow on land. Uh, you got a pretty good here. You don't want to, you know, yeah. you're just going to have to yeah. accept. Well, it was like, there was, home. there was a tomorrow, tomorrow land. There was, there were these giant skyscrapers. They were called cities. Yeah. Sky- and then when they hear a new word, they're like, skyscrapers. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and they, yeah. And they're like, Oh, and he's like, no, there was yeah. then the, the giant, that thing happened. That giant bomb the pocket, that you uh, saw so happened. And, yeah. That you so wonderfully, it's all gone. Uh, it's all gone. Drew, There's no more learned. Yeah. 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 You must have learned in art class how to draw that. Um, and because uh, it's really lovely detail and, and shading. And they, he's like, no, we, we, I'm not Captain Walker. And we, you know, look, and he, and Max finally, he's like, this is the real deal. You have everything you could. He's like, we're staying. Yeah. We're staying. We have water with food, shelter, safety, you know, all this well, they, stuff. Well, they don't don't jump ahead because they they take they take him up to the plane that has crashed. You know, well, he, what he throws up. something up in the air. This is really bad luck for him. He throws something up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, wind suddenly, p- yeah, the wind suddenly totally picks up this, and takes yeah. it away. And when the wind comes, they all know the routine. They practice this. And they all just start running this out. This is not a drill. Yeah. Yep, running out over the dunes, and he comes back up, kind of the last was kind of sputtering mm-hmm. behind them. And you and see they, them. Yeah, all, and they go to yep. the. Go they go, I was gonna say they go to the plane, and clearly the legend is is Captain Walker is gonna get out. back in the plane, and off they go to uh, to to tomorrow 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 sorry. tomorrow tomorrow land. Thank you, tomorrow, Morrowland, and his or Neverland, uh, as, as and his maybe. when yeah. they're all sitting there ready to go, and his sort of turning from them is yeah. really tragic <laughs> it's and awful. It's yeah. it's it's just what you would want and, it to be. And and so some of them are like, "Geez, okay, well, he told us he's not the guy," and all right, and so he sort of explained him. this new thing, and a lot of them are like. I think I mean I think the ones that have always had doubt about this in the first place are yeah. are very easily like no we're gonna you know leading 
led by Slake are like, well, this is mm -hmm. okay. This is it. We're good. This yeah, is it. And I think he likes his position here. His... I think he likes where yeah. they are. Like, I think he he's almost ha happy to hear that this has changed. But this yeah, you sm could, small you could but very argue. vocal group of true believers aren't having it. Led by yeah. Savannah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you could you could make the argument that um, uh, Mislake's uh, he has his uh, desires have uh, his no Mathurst's has been slaked. Oh, I ruined my own joke. Anyway, it was uh, still good. Like I, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, thanks for that. So Savannah, Savannah, uh, Savannah Nix. Oh, she's mix. She's mixing this idea that this can't possibly be yep. not a high man. She is a low uh, and and not a silver man. Um, she is a Nix. It isn't Savannah. Yay. It is Savannah Nix. Nix. She says, no, no, we are gone. We got to get out of here. The legend tells us I will not. Um, we must we must try. We must move. We must travel. We must fulfill our destiny. Yeah. So they, they knock her um, out and tie her up. <laughs> Doesn't Max hit her or something? Yeah. Make he, her shut up. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Be, I before this is one of my favorite moments from Savannah and in, in, in the film in general is as she starts going up and like, we keep on trekking, we're going. Yeah. And so there happens to be a rifle and uh, bullets or shotgun shells that are hanging as decoration. So yep. you know, Max grabs it and he actually shoots a water bag right next to her head as she's trying to get out. But her look and she her eye kind of twitches. She's like, keep on trekking. And her eye kind of goes like this. And then she goes up and then he goes up there and he knocks her out. But that little eye twitch just tickles me yeah, it's, it's really so cool right anyway. um, really really and, cool and and he, uh max does have this little moment not unlike uh when he can't kill blaster um he's like i he's like oh crap i'm gonna have to hit her i'm gonna have to <laughs> knock her out and like he he brings his hand back and his hand is open if i remember correctly and then he's like there's like this mo it's essentially yes. i read it as crap i have oh, okay and, you know, like I have no yep. other choice he's, here. He's saving um, her from hell he, on earth. I mean, so that's, there's nothing. That's, and that's, yeah. But but he and doesn't so want to do uh, it, and that's yep. like, it's very very cool. I have to say, but that's a great somewhere in here when he was dying. It's a little, yeah. There's a scene that they shot that was edited out. It's probably right to be edited out because this film is such a departure from the rest of them as is. So this would have taken it even further. But he has a vision. Basically, he has a vision of his of his. Uh, of his family Ooh. and like, and it's not like, Oh, I just, it's not like a flashback clip of what they were. It's this idea of what they would be now if the world hadn't ended and he wakes up in tears and sort of falling apart. And, and a lot of his journey with these kids is it, it's tough for him, but he's trying to be a better person and do right by them. <laughs> um, because of that sort of experience that he had when he was so when he was near death, they shot all that and then they kind oh, of cut it wow. just for being. That's kind of on the same level as Goose being humongous. Like that, what could have been would have been that would have been heartbreaking. Well, yeah, and, it, they, and yeah, or or Blaster being uh, what's his face from Mad Max, the the uh, the Benno um, the man Benno, uh, which of course can't be because Benno didn't have down syndrome. No, right. but there's but, this long hey, thing apparently. online where like, mm -hmm. I think it's because Benno. Blaster reminds him of Benno. It goes on and on for yeah. three paragraphs. And I'm like, you know what? 
a guy doesn't have to remind you with someone else you knew to not want to kill them. Yeah. He sees that this, he doesn't, I mean, he sees what he sees, and we all saw it. They cast a very specific type of person here to make this, to give this maximum whatever sort of value. But the, in the end, he sees that who he's been fighting is a pawn, and he refuses to take him out. He just refuses mm-hmm. to take him out. And because of that, and that's what matters. I just think these let's connect all the disabled people yeah. and, or whatever. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, well, we, um, yeah, Max probably modern went, fans oh. love connecting dots and sometimes yeah. it's oh, just it's, what it is. I think he went, Oh, it's this trope. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not going to participate in this. <laughs> oh, trope. I had no idea. Uh, now I understand the, yeah, the yeah. trope. Exactly. That's uh, it's more that. Here. Than any of he this turns other to George. He turns to jo- the the Georges and went, "Really, you guys?" Oh, no. Um, and uh, no. So we have uh, so, <laughs> but um, uh, screw loose, freeze, freeze the um, uh, the the rebels, the, the rebels, yeah, the you rebel the scum, believers, the true believers, and um, and they're as off. any great they- shaman would. He he keeps yeah. the faith. Yep, and so, I love that he uh, never talks, and his favorite thing is that little Bugs Bunny talking thing, yeah. and then he just yeah. sits there and hugs it and plays it. So mm-hmm. weird. So that kid is so cool. I don't know. I don't know if he went on uh, to do anything cool, but it's really, really a well, cool presence in this film. Let's go and find out, shall we? That's what this podcast is for. Well, so yeah, so uh, Max is woken up by the others, sees that Savannah and the rest of the tribe left. And well, and, it's and again, Slake it's a, basically comes to him and tells him, "Hey, they've they're gone or whatever." And he's like, "How long have they been gone?" And all that, and he goes out after him. Yeah, but it's um, another one yeah. of those just reactionary pieces on Max. He's like, "All right," because it really it, he's he doesn't want to, but it's and he wouldn't if they hadn't left, you know. So he's just reacting to what is happening around him. And some of the uh, some of the kids uh, end up going with them. Just but as, he does go. She did save his life, and he does feel protective of them. Certainly, yeah. But it's uh, it's what the the hunter, um, and I think a couple other of the, of the kids and Slake stays behind. Obviously, the new leader yep. of the the stay behind kids. So, yep. um, oh, that's what they should have called themselves. They called them the ones that stayed. Slake and the stay behind kids. That's a that's a good yeah. The tribe who stayed. Um, that's, good. that's good for the uh, Saturday the morning variety kids. show. That yeah, they're, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Slake and the stay behind kids. Um, hey everybody, and they just they like walking around and they're just doing this for a little variety show for themselves on Saturday mornings. Um, I'd watch. So it. yeah, so yeah, they they uh they. The, they finally catch up to them uh, when they hear some screaming, oh, and of course, and this sequence so good. Yeah, we so this is the second, so this is the wonderfully second brutal sequence, right so here. wonderfully yep. done. I mean, you see that they've already run into trouble. They got a sand pit. The way the Miller, Semler, Ogilvy, whoever's responsible for the way this is shot, where it's shot in this sort of like the, the, it captures all the emotion on these kids' faces who are really living through this out. Who knows how many days it took to shoot this scene? Well, they they also set up earlier because the horse that Max rode out on in the gulag yep, disappears, gets gobbled sand, up into so the they, desert. Yeah, they set this mm. up already. So there's they're just yep. they're on a tow line. There's a kid who's bare, whose face is barely sticking out of the sand, and all the way up the dune, they're holding on to blankets and whatever they can have, 
and they're just pulling and screw loose is at the kind of anchoring it, pulling for his life, and Samantha's screaming, and this little kid, it's what's it's this what's no offense, it's the second cutest little kid that went out on the out on the trip that that it that is in peril here, and he's just screaming. And it's just, it's horrific. And Max comes, he kind of gets what's going on. He comes tearing up, tries to help, just as Savannah's going under because they're losing the battle. And the camera's sort of, can't see me if you're listening, but the camera's sort of dipping down at this 45 degree angle and then kind of, and then it cuts and it kind of comes back up. It's just really visually gets you in the moment. up she comes completely out of the sand but then and the towel or whatever throwing, that the kid was hanging yeah, on to the end comes out with nothing on the oh, end of it rough. Yep. finn mccu finn mccu is now no more and they finn just that's, that's is finn no more and they just and they scene. just wail away in grief and horror over it like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't end with this ironic image of the empty towel or whatever it ends with their screaming heartbreak mm-hmm. in agony over it yeah. and it just I I love it. Yeah, good. I mean, the, good. You this movie at this point needs something to remind us what they're getting into and what's happening, and and mm-hmm. and nothing does it quite like this. This is as dark as the film gets, and it's just sort of yep. awful as it gets. And and that's the Road Warrior, and it, yet it's simple. It's bloodless, but it's yeah. it, you do not want or ever believe for a moment you're going to see one of these kids truly in peril and from here to the end of the movie you know they that they could be and that's important Mm -hmm. well it's one of those deaths in in movies that um i don't it haunts me and like it every time i watch this it's just it's very upsetting and I i don't know what it is i think i think there's that you know primal thought in your head of like what must that have been like you know what i mean like what happens to you when that you go in there and you suffocate on sand i'm like i don't need, it's it's so if I, bizarre if i may i would uh i would encourage you to watch abc's uh in an instant the episode trapped in corn featuring joel listman as a firefighter um but it, it's about a guy who uh is gets sucked down in a corn silo oh god is uh almost dies and the only reason he mm. Spoiler alert for Witness. That's one of the greatest. Angus McGinnis, when he drops the corn on him, it traps him in the silo is one of the most brutal, drawn out Mm -hmm. suffocation scenes I've ever seen. (sighs) And also, and also you can watch uh, this season of also from 1985. See something like that. Yeah, you can this this season of Barry. No, but that that death just sounds um, so gross. It is. It is the like spittle Mm -hmm. and stuff coming out of your mouth and you're trying to breathe. And the air is there, but you're huffing in stuff that's killing you along with it moving on moving on i can't terrible um all right so uh end of part two the second movie is now done um and now it is a movie about uh about trying to give the fans what they want essentially that's what Mm, does he say he says it in one line of of to this point cheesy expositionary dialogue which is well we're almost there so no play nothing else to do but go to barter town (laughs) yeah it's our only chance it's our only chance um, and then here we go. some Let's... sort of swipe into the right back rival yeah. back there. Let's cut to the chase. Literally, let's cut to the chase as quickly as we can. 
So we get so they get to blow to Barktown, but they know they're like, well, you know, can't can't just go walking in the front gate because uh, Auntie's gonna see and everybody, you know, the collector yep. and all stuff, and you know, he's uh, needless to say, Max is persona non grata at Bartertown. And so they uh, they sneak in through the 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 ducts um, to the pig of the areas. school, yeah, yeah, of the school. <laughs> um, they come in through the tech wing, um, where uh, where the auto shop uh, and uh, where everybody's and really focused shop. on what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, and this is where we get that shot that Ryan referred to earlier, where uh, oh, and they're and they're going in, and and because Max also knows he's like. Ah, master, that, that that's a dude, you know, that dude isn't as bad as we thought. Useful. He just got, you know, he was just and he's too arrogant. But he's useful. really, really useful. Yeah. The, the, and so he's like, aha, the, we the can tinkerer get... character in your post-apocalyptic films is indispensable. Yeah. And um, and it's so like he sees, you know, he sees uh, uh, master uh, all. Uh, he's he's living amongst the pigs. Yeah, he's gonna give him pen. a little pen, yeah. and um, we see them go in, and that's when we get the thing where uh, the moment where uh, Pig Killer looks up and and uh, sees a she's kid that there. girl staring down on him, and neither of them have seen anything like the other before in their lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, they make this connection, and they both start smiling. Like he smiles first, and then she's like, "Oh, he's he's a friendly." Yeah like friend to the pigs and maybe he'll be yeah. my friend and she smiles this cute smile back at him and you're like you know what kids mm-hmm. everything's gonna be okay like you just feel it in your heart mm-hmm. everything this is gonna work out i always so like that moment in let's the movie. yeah so let's get master let's get my rig um and and oh hey I know we haven't mentioned it at all, and this is not something that has ever come up ever in any of these movies, but there is a perfectly serviceable railroad track <laughs> that leads out of town and presumably to safety. So, uh, and it has not been affected by an apocalypse in any way, shape, or form. Yep. Let's go on that. And so that's the plan. And of course, but of course, you they can't they kind of like have to adjust leave. the plan when they get trapped in there because it really is to get his stuff and sort of sneak out. They have to barrel their yeah. way out once they're discovered. Yeah. And and the, and the, and this and his rig has now become like part of the underworld's yeah. setup. So yeah. by trying to get that rig going, it takes down the entire infrastructure of the uh, of the mechanicals of uh, the underworld. Um, and, and as it says here in the chapter titles, Barter Town blows its lid, and um, and and, and of course we, and we saw earlier, uh, Auntie has this uh, spy scope, like the submarine Best spy scope shot in the movie, and she she's going around and she sees, oh there he is, Max. Shorter we hair. cannot, yeah, shorter hair, but yeah, she there's not you know it's not like she's like oh that can't be him, he's got short hair, no she knows. She knows right away. I love love that kind of (laughs) close in on him and her reaction and the alarms going off. I love that Mm -hmm. little sequence. Um, I don't know if we already passed this, but when he chases that mechanic guy and then he runs out the door. Oh, the Star Wars scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then he comes back in because there's like you know dozen or so of the guards coming in. That know, is a it, it, that is a complete visual, even the camera angled rip off of that Han Solo scene mm-hmm. after the trash compactor yeah. in Star Wars. Yes. Yep. And the, the, the um, turn even goes off the same way. Like everything about it is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right, well, congratulations. Still, everybody it's fun. That's George. a fun gag, and it's yep. definitely everybody fun here. George. And it, it yep. it's a quick way to get us. You know, we were escaping. Now we're trapped in here. It just gets it gets everybody onto the train and mm-hmm. heading out, and that in a yep. big way instead of the sneaky way that they had planned, which I do appreciate. Yeah, so. and explosions and everything. But they get out and they're on the track and off they're going. And of course, the movie fades to black, and everyone lives happily ever <laughs> after. Auntie gets her comeuppance. Um, and it, oh nope nope, they have rocket fueled pig shit cars can um, i just say when tina or when anti-entity gets on that car and revs it up like i'm dead i'm like this is the coolest image i mean tina turner getting on one of these apocalypse yeah. apoc- it's just tina so turner exciting. although she didn't do much stunt driving she did have to get in it and pull forward and you did have to see her stop she had yeah. to learn how to drive stick for this uh, car and she barely she really didn't know much how to drive at all so so it was. But a, she just is so yeah, I, badass in this sequence. She owns it. it. Makes yeah. me so happy. I can. Yeah. Um. And and it. so. Uh. Yeah. And 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 again, like um um the humongous, she is an active leader. She is a leader that is going to get out there and um and fight the fight. You know, to back up what she. You know, back up what she's saying. I love that. I love so, that Iron Bar somehow is pursuing these guys on one of the hand-operated what? little <laughs> trolleys that go on the thing. Like, and he's keeping up with everybody else driving he's seventy-two miles up. an hour. I love it. So stupid and ridiculous, but just really, really enjoyable nonetheless. Um, Hat, yeah, my hats it's, off to it's Iron. It's on the. It's yeah. on the ding dang poster. I mean, it is like it's, it's that's like, so funny. I mean, I, it's stupid yeah. and it makes no sense, but it's like. It it's that last thing that doesn't make any sense that you're just at this point you got to be like hey cool well, that's funny it's such a weird visual where he's like pumping and telling other people to go <laughs> yeah he's, he's I'll get there. he does not like Max from getting thrown out of the office earlier in the film yeah by this worthless mm-hmm. raggedy man and he just is out for a vengeance and I really really adore that he's not Wes he's not cool. He's almost cheesy and stupid, but in a really, really fun, single-minded sort of way that I enjoy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. Um... And the, that little gag with it. Well, first there's the. I mean, there's all there's so much fun stuff in here. The thing where where they've got Blaster and his stuff, and they, he's putting stuff in his pack, and then the little girl's taking it out and handing it to oh, Screwloose, yeah, and Screwloose is examining great. it. Yeah. I, that's fun as well, hell. That... When she the alarm when the old manual alarm goes off and she freaks out and. Beats it to death with a hammer. Because we can assume that this little cottage atop this vehicle, that was Master's home, That was Master's, yep. That was where he hung out. It was part of, that engine was part of what made the whole thing go, basically. And then, of course, the the French uh, pronunciation Mm -hmm. record, which, you know, again, like with the shotgun shells on the rifle they were using as decoration, they had this record. Right. They Which they the knew player. how it must have worked, but they couldn't actually yeah. make it work. Yeah. And now they're now they're hearing one for the first time. That's that stuff's funny. Max, so yeah, Max through the binoculars in, and the seeing the people it, yeah. far off, and then the guy jumping right up in front yeah. of you. That trick. That's a great yep. one. I mean, I mean, it's not really there. 
the, there are some specifics that happen from here on out. I mean, the whole iron bar insanity. Yep. But uh, the, and, the pig and, killer and, scenario. And uh, my, my, maybe my favorite thing in this chase, and I'll just say it, it doesn't happen quite right here, but I, just to get it out of the way, is the the is Max smashing the dude with the frying pan and then tossing it to Screw Loose who smashes the other guy with the frying pan. And it's all choreographed perfect, and they're all on the same team. And Max is like... It's, this is something about it. It's, we don't see anything that suggests this until, all right, we're on the same team and we're working it like perfectly well here. And I also, um, how screw loose, like really gets the maximum impact out of that frying pan for the rest of the action sequence is super fun yes. as well. His mm -hmm. weird joy ride where he's not even steering the car is incredibly delightful. There's a lot yeah, of really, well, I mean, this is not the end of Road Warrior, even though it's no, a total ripoff of it. There's a yes. lot of really fun PG-13 thrills and spills here that I that were really yep. tough to pull off for our entertainment, and they're, they're neat. They're really groovy to me, so. Let's give it up for the bridge that survived the apocalypse. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, even with that. the non-rusty... Uh things that oh, iron bar has gorgeous you guys the world's only gorgeous been break. over for about 10 12 years here you, you don't, you yeah know, there well, could be some surviving anything, infrastructure at this point yeah if anything uh it especially looks like the more the remote apocalyptic blast the apocalyptic blast blew the rust off of the bridge and just made it look pristine and new well i my um, my favorite part in the chase is pig killer and uh the removal of the arrow through the oh, door yeah yep. yeah yeah yeah, Brilliant. I think that was yeah. the first time I ever saw this bit of like, we're going to count to three. And he one. gets shot. Yeah, he, I think it's yeah, the first time I saw it too. Yeah. yeah, he gets shot through the door with an arrow. He's sitting in the cab of the mm -hmm. thing that's attached to the train. And um, it's yep. big killer, yeah. And have I have I done that to my son when trying to remove a Band-Aid? Yes, yes, I yes, have. Yes, I have. Like, I'm going to count to three. Mm -hmm. One. Movies <laughs> are also well, and you see life. Max yep. first, he grabs the arrow and he's going to pull it out. And then he kind of looks at the situation and decides to mm -hmm. do the door and just open the door and the arrow will come out with it. It's fun. Yep. And pig killers. What happened? Yep. To I think it's at this point where I say everything I learned about being a parent, I learned from, from Mad, Mad Max. Max trilogy. Under them. Yeah. Uh, well, known as trilogy. Mad Max I mean, three I... in Australia. Yep. Um, but so, uh, and, and so all, you know, Mad Max or Max and the gang, they escape and um, all of the other uh, vehicles blow up and are taken care of or, and the ones that survive say, okay, I guess we got to go home uh, and uh, fades out, fades to black and everyone's happy and success. Nope. Nope. That does not happen. But they found a way uh, over the river gorge. They got over the gorge. Somehow. And yep. um, and they uh, and, I, and, Iron Bar um, dies five more times in this sequence. Correct, it doesn't correct. Die. He has, well, the, the he has a bad screaming in front. It, of it's the, a bad day on yeah. the grill of the. the train he's part of an explosion. He goes flying off funny. into the ravine. Yeah. He just keeps biting mm -hmm. it, and, and yet living to fight another day. Um, and yeah, yeah, Joel is about to say, "There's this. You can't. You really. You you derail yourself. There's this big mound of dirt." covering the tracks above with a very familiar kid and a very familiar safari hat standing on mm. top of it. And what does he say to him? This, it's funny. This is a sticker. <laughs> so they have to stop to keep moved. from hitting him yeah. and they kind of can't believe what's happening. The first time ever a train's brakes 
just work perfectly and it stops. I've never seen a train in movies actually stop when you apply the brakes. Um, and so, it, but yeah, and and then it's as he's point. like, yeah, this is a stick up. And then you see over, come over the horizon. All the uh, cars auntie, chasing. All the cars. Yeah, and the, the kid cars. panics. He's got a little trap door behind him that he goes down into. Screaming yeah, for so his dad. What's his dad reading? A, a vacation they... guide of some kind? Yeah. yeah. It's Jedediah um, the pilot. Could or, could or could not be gyro captain. So everyone follows him down. Um, and the kid's like, someone's coming. And he's like, oh, what's it? And he's like, and then he hears them coming down. Um, yeah. And, and then they uh, basically get on the plane, right? And it get, isn't yeah, there a you, you moment? Exactly. You. Yeah. Exactly. I understand that, that that's what we're talking about earlier. Yeah. That's the moment of recognition that I always take as, oh, Gyro Captain and Max have re-met. But or it's actually it's the, you, me. <laughs> but it's yeah. actually, it could be Jebediah recognizing. No, it's, it's made it. deliberately no, it's, to to show that, I don't think it's to like, they could be the same. It's an in-joke to say these guys have met before in another mm -hmm. movie. Well, it's and where also they're taking Mac, the moment to recognize that. Yeah. And also Max knows that, that, that's the dude who, uh, is, you know, yeah. who I don't know how he knows that the movie it. doesn't demonstrate that in any way, but either way, he does. Well, that's right. know. We haven't seen the plane yet. We haven't seen the plane yet. Right. And he hasn't interacted yeah. with this dude in any other way outside of yeah. when he was in the plane. So you're right. So that's what I was like. I was like, oh, no, he's making he's making that connection. But no, he hasn't made that couldn't have made that connection yet. He and yet he is says, making he that says, connection. you yeah. me. And then he's like, you've got a plane. Yeah. Isn't that what he actually said? Oh, yeah, yep. you're right. Okay, so he somehow does um, know that that's the plane, dude. I don't, he we, does. We never saw that. No, but how would he know? I don't they know. Never had there's, any face the, to face. The, I mean, um, there's ways he could have, but it, it it the film does not demonstrate any of them. Which so. gives, gives, as I always uh, say, it's not in evidence. Gyro Captain. Yeah, there yeah. there was. A, I know that one of the deleted scenes there that's was the, another Tina Michael, Turner that's song. No, that's no bullshit. That's the strongest mm -hmm. argument for that. It is the same guy because yeah. how, otherwise, how would he have any clue? Other than just putting was, it all together yeah. in this moment. Hey, I know there, you, and I got ripped off by that plane. Oh, I, I get it all. Like, it's all coming to me now. Uh, that's the yeah. only way it makes any sense, based on what's and, in evidence. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they knew uh, there was a deleted scene um, where uh, Tina Turner had another song, and it was like a, uh, a, a um, um, patter song. Where it was just like, she's like, I'm the auntie entity, and here's the collector, and this is the master, and over there's Jedediah. He flies a plane, not a gyrocopter. He is Jedediah. Okay. And that's, I think that's, and I know that was I, cut for time, um, but, uh, but that, that, that could problems. be, that could be how yeah. he knows. Um, anyway, so uh, everyone piles into the plane. I've just always and, taken it, just a final word on this, I've always taken it as it's not a problem. It's, it's, it's a step outside the movie. I know that's annoying, but that's the kind of movie this is. It's a step outside of the movie like, I know you because I was in another movie with you where you did this thing that you're doing here. It's the movie really stepping outside of itself to acknowledge he's got a plane. We all know it. We don't want them to spend any time discussing it. We just want to get to the finale. Yeah. You know, and I know that's not a popular way to do things, and it's less and less popular with time. But I really do think it is as simple as that. It, it's it's the movie makers truly acknowledging to us that they didn't really think this out, and it isn't really mm -hmm. one thing or the other, and you just have to deal with it. And 
But and but I, so, I approve of Michael's take. You want to believe that guy's a gyro captain? Go for it. The movie gives you enough that you could absolutely justify that if you. Yeah. Want. He. Uh, so I thought that when I was a kid because what everything else is unthinkable. And yet, yes. when you grow older, you see well they didn't do any of the work they would have had to do for that to be true. So what? Other than the you. Anyway, is yeah. Decker to replicant? I mean, let's not let's leave it there. And let Joel finish, but <laughs> but uh, I just want to say that I do think it's it's one of those odd things that it's just like just, you, you got to live with it either way because you're never fully satisfied either way, and and yeah. everyone's going to have their own opinion. I think. Yep. Um, we have uh, so we get in the everyone piles in the plane. Uh, of course, that the plane is not meant to have. Uh, you know, twelve people in it. An entire uh, daycare. Many are in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so, so they uh, that they're like we're we're overweight. So uh, Max is dumping. You know, Max is dumping stuff, and they're you know they're throwing stuff. That's yeah, great. They untie the little out on the wings is all the collection of crap, and they untie mm -hmm. all yep. of it. And it, it. They get all of that going, and and they uh, and I love the cutaways because they untie the one and it works the way it's supposed to. When they untie the other one, it's clearly about to not work the way it's supposed to. So they just cut away. Like mm -hmm. if they didn't reset up or do all this crap again for that one thing, they just he just knew. Well, we'll just cut out early. Jedediah yeah. getting into the plane knocks his hat off. It almost comes off, but it doesn't. And because they cut before it just falls off, and they're like that way they can show him in the thing with his hat still on. Right. I love like there's an efficiency and a hey, this is what happens. Screw it. There's no reason to spend all day getting this hat thing right. Right. Yeah. It's that's the freedom these films have, and I that you see it very much in display in this whole sequence here. Well, um, screw loose. Sorry, go ahead. Shows up. Yeah. Yeah, with that car that he could. He went. He hit a driver of a car. He jumped onto a car onto the rig, actually onto Mel's rig, who was being driven by an enemy. He sat on the top, the wagon part, and smashed the guy driving the thing in the cab with a frying pan repeatedly until he just started zooming all over the place, taking out other cars. It's really, really fun. And Scrooge just sitting up there like, yeah, I'm making this happen. <laughs> and he's, right when it's needed most, he comes running up in this car. He's the first one in line, basically. And they, gra they grab him off the thing. They throw him into the plane. And but they're at this cliff edge. They can't go any further. And as Jedediah says, when he looks down, when he looks back the way they came, there's not enough runway between me not and them. Not, not enough runway. Yep. And Max and, and Max is like, I'll get you. You know that because Max be. is the hero we need in this moment. He's not the hero mm -hmm. we ask for, Michael. He's the hero um, that we need. We needed another yeah. hero like this. And. <laughs> And he says, there will be. <laughs> yep. And so he hops in the car and he is leading His the way. His car from the beginning of the movie. It's just for fun. Let's just remember. Yep. And it's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, he is off he and gets running. Shit and, and gets uh, and and just uh, plows straight forward. Make, you know, essentially a, 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 just a, a massive game of chicken. Yep. Um, Which also makes them. no visual sense. I don't understand how this accident cleared more runway, but again, it doesn't really matter. The exciting thing is the decision, the collision, and watching that plane soar. Mm -hmm. So physics be damned, essentially, as yep. far as 
and all that goes. And uh, it's the it's and the, the theory, not the reality here that counts. Yep. And the plane lifts off, and they are safe, and they are flying, and, and they, they even go turn and around Max... and zoom back and fly over them. They give them the little yeah, flyover and the little wingtip as they go off into the distance. Mm -hmm. And Iron like, Bar is in the car that he out. that he crashes deliberately, mm -hmm. and they zoom in. <laughs> Again, this, and you see his sort of limp, almost running out of life hand, caressing his mask that's laying there yep. in the dirt. And, and then uh, as it's about to coil up and go away, yeah, he flips. He flips, <laughs> <laughs> he flips him the bird. And um, so great. As this, I mean, again, I'm not into Iron Bar early in the movie. He wins me over throughout. <laughs> the the just the gag wins me over. I I have fun with this movie. I love this movie in 1985, and I never just bought into the oh it's cheesy. Oh the kids are stupid. Oh the Road Warriors is awesome, and this is terrible, and it ruins everything. Like I just I'm always like no, yeah. I I never did. Either it's like I love this movie for what it is, but yeah. you if you compare it to the Road Warrior, yeah. you're you can't you can't. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean this movie's not enjoyable and not seriously a part of my cinema brain. Like it's just there. I've seen it so many times, and it, and I quote it. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is another movie I quote. But that so it's like, that it's, bird flip is fantastic. I mean, just everything about it, the way that the hand acting, the. All of it is so great. And this next thing that happens, too, is one of my favorite things in the movie where he kind of sitting there in the dirt and the bad guys are holding the crossbows on him and he's been in this situation mm -hmm. before and Auntie comes strutting up behind these guys. And, and what she say to him? She says, ain't well, we a pair. It's, that is so... I mean... That is so cool. That that moment, it, she's already been super cool, but that moment takes her in the stratosphere as cool antagonist because there, there is no point in gunning this guy down now except revenge. Exactly. And she's been through all this before. She's built a society out of nothing before. You can just tell she's like, well, you kind of won this round, but how much worse can it get for you lying in the dirt here all beaten up? Mm -hmm. And the... And, Ain't We a Pair is fantastic, but my favorite line of hers in the whole thing is, Goodbye, soldier. Goodbye, soldier. So, <laughs> so yep. no, she her, her strut when she gets over and pushes the dress back to get back into the vehicle. This, this is what I'm talking about, yeah. Tina, in this movie. Everything she does makes me happy. You know, And, and his... I, his sort of happy bewilderment at, at what has just transpired is... It just knocks you out. It's really, yeah. really cool, I think. Um, and and so because we still have some studio money left, the plane yeah. uh, makes its way to Tomorrow Morrowland. Joel and Michael finally is... get to see some destroyed infrastructure in the film, which they have not <laughs> yep. seen up until this point. Uh, and we see uh, Sydney, um, yep. uh, post-apocalyptic Sydney, uh, uh, everything um, the famous, away the famous bridge and, and the opera house obviously all the things you would yeah, want to see that say scream Sydney the, yeah and the the um, the the city is starting to be reclaimed by the desert the the sand the outback is making its way back in the inback yeah. and um, and so uh, and then we cut to the, uh, the we, we end with the gathering of the tribe who left 
Um, a who, lot more uh, infants and newborns in the scene. That's yep, pretty neat. Yep, they are. They are rebuilding. They are lighting lights among, around the Jedediah city. Jedediah the pilot not present. Perhaps he made his way north to regain maybe his own really, tribe based on this experience. Yeah, maybe exactly. he realized I miss eighties girl. Um, I gotta go see. I miss that side well, pony. If that's the case, uh, I mean that is his baby mama. They don't know, show so. him here. I mean, and they could. And, well, and they it, show it, Pig Killer. Good. They show um, Screw Loose. They show Savannah and yep. a lot of the other kids. But they're all somehow mm -hmm. grown, which is great. I don't know how they kind of managed it. Yeah, but they they all look definitely a year or two, maybe three years older. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impressive. And she's doing that thing they, that Joel talked about last time. She's telling the story. Still telling the story. Yep the uh the oral history of of their of their tribe the oral yeah. history of their people and they're lighting the lights so that others can find their way home um and 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 which is which is uh yeah they are you know that i will say that's that's one thing throughout all of these movies if i'm remembering correctly you almost never uh you know in a lot of post-apocalyptic and, and, and movies and stuff, it's all about, I have my stuff and I'm not letting anybody in. Um, the the uh, post-apocalyptic Australia is, no, you can come in. You There's know, Barter Town, to, you can gather come in. You, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, and, 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 um, and so uh, a very welcoming post-apocalyptic. That's that's interesting. Uh, it's something that just occurred not to me. Not without its challenges, um, but yeah. though, but. No, without a yeah, no, you. I mean, there's a price to be paid for entering, but they, it's a, a pretty open door policy, which is, uh, which is, they saw the light was on, I stopped by, <laughs> and um, stop it, and so uh, the they they are saying we will keep the lights on, and and they it pulls back to see some of them, and they have they, they're they, on the thirtieth floor of a skyscraper yeah. in Sydney, and you see the yeah. wrecked, really great final image in the film really really big in scope again mm -hmm. big in effects nothing yep. like you could ever had in the earlier ones and a With really lights cool on and so yeah yep really cool way for this trilogy to go out well, you do get that last of, shot of, of max walking toward the sun oh yeah because the, yeah the they're light. they're yeah. yeah they're talking yeah and they're talking about the man who helped them get their way home and blah 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 and of course we cut to max and max is uh you know he's back on the road a walking warrioring um, you warrioring and this was the in, first yeah. movie that i that the first movie ever in my life i remember vividly that i sat through the entire ending credits to listen to this song because i oh effing, yeah oh I my god i did love this song the other night i was when i was watching it and i'm like yep no i'm staying for the whole like, <laughs> it's, you know, the, I, I was it's the same it. same people who wrote what's love got to do with it lyle yep uh gary lyle or the Greg crocodile lyle and lyle. terry Britton. Mm -hmm great song um, yeah, it, yeah it is uh and it just i mean it's very very 80s but just the all the best things about 80s arrangements it's pretty sparse actually even though it feels huge because of that tune timpani that goes off da, 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 da. that is yeah. such a graham, big graham lyle yeah graham lyle thank you sorry and graham. terry Britton. yeah graham and terry uh um yeah. and it it just it's just something about it. it's a glorious song i mean it's corny it's it's how could you have a hit song that has the term and beyond thunderdome in it which out of context is meaningless but it yeah. just you know so it's meant to have a video to promote the film to sell lunch boxes you know that's the whole game here but the musicianship and the sort of clever seriousness which which they imbue this tune 
the lyrics really look at what she's saying. It's it it's it reflects the harsh reality of the world that we've lived through in a very real way. Mm-hmm. And I I still to this day I adore it. I get chills when I hear Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, for sure. But I think it's um, it speaks so highly to how Hollywood the franchise became. Yeah. I mean, it's just like this is so not. No the tone doubt. of the other two. This films is a studio film. This is a yeah. studio film. Very, very much so. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Despite the fact, so who you were talking about earlier, two people hate it, or two people love it, one person hates it. So you're not a fan, Joel, necessarily. No, no I'm not a fan of uh, of all of these movies, uh, of, and this one least of all. Uh, I mean, I recognize it for you know it's you know it, it has some fun things, and these are beloved characters, not just not by me. Um, you know, uh, yeah, but no, I don't. I mean, l- literally, my favorite part is the closing credits, so I can hear the song. <laughs> well, at least they um, saved the best for last. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it, but like, I'm not going to sit here and shit on it and say it's a. It's just not. It's not a movie. You know, these aren't movies that yeah. I love. I, I, no, I, it's I've, the same for Elwood, my hubby. Um, He's like, he doesn't. This is not. Doesn't speak to him. Yeah. But the, yeah. this this franchise is so important to my older brother and I. This one it was something we shared for years and years and years and we watch this together all the time we talk about it all the time like and there there isn't a phone conversation even now that we get on that roadwire somehow doesn't come up you know and he yeah. recognizes too that thunderdome is not all it could be but it's still beloved it's still something i i adore you know yeah it is i mean it is absolutely it i mean you could almost say that this is like the uh uh, uh an absolute uh textbook illustration of what happens when um, studio suits get their hand on an indie yep. property, no doubt, and because yep. um, it really is just bloated, and it is, yeah, it's um, it it follows the template of many '80s action films, um, and it, you know, it just, it well, just I mean, it never... feels like it, yeah, it feels like a Goonies sort of uh, version of Mad Max, which is strange. It's well, like we've already just... given the other references to other big movies that it has. It has several that are like direct rip-offs. Goonies, it couldn't have ripped off because they were being well, no, made but, at the same but, time. Exactly, but, but it's still, it's that, that's what I I saw both of those films in the same weekend and they they go together like a horse and carriage. I mean, they really do go together. They're they're absolutely the same approach to to big budget family you know get let's get the kids get the kids money uh movie yeah. making of that era without doubt mm-hmm. they're very very similar they're even c- color timed in a very similar style and similar way which is interesting uh um, yeah and that is uh yeah and i mean and it's and they it both is... have a little bit of that mid 80s frankly mean-spiritedness to them they they, yep. they reflect a sort of cool modern world you know one it show one metaphorically and one in reality and it's interesting it's interesting to me um yeah it, but goonies uh, yeah. that's another deep dive i guess we'll have to have michael on for that one huh pal I'll do it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, all right. That is, I mean, so that is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That is Mad Max May. That is the trilogy. Uh, yes, we know there is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, that is its own thing. Um, that is not going to be, that is not part of this. That doesn't mean that we won't talk about it. Sometime. No, we'll talk about it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, but although um, I can't imagine Joel liking that one anymore than the rest of these, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but well, we'll talk uh, about it. Yeah, but we have. Uh, but you know, so this is it. Uh, it uh, it's you know, these are three films that are. I mean, yeah, two of them are quintessential like Aussie independent films that sort of created a. You know, it, it is something that really clearly. Uh, connected as part of the cultural uh, I hate this phrase and I'm about to use a cultural zeitgeist of the yeah. time. Well, it it um, is the template for all post-apocalyptic stories yeah. going forward. Yeah, yeah. It created that the whole subgenre traces all the way back. To, it's not that there hadn't been post-apocalyptic films before mm -hmm. it, but all of them are like one of these one way or another and all of them. I mean, yeah. I, you know. And that's And I and I it's like, think about, and, I mean, it's not like the first Western or whatever, but just it is, they are super significant. And the last thing I'll remind everybody in George Miller, intention within action, intention within action. Nobody, nobody on earth that I'm aware of does that better than he does. And this film has that too, which is, for me, is glorious to watch when I see so much bloated nonsense stupid snark within useless action in modern filmmaking to see tension within action and then to see fury road which is all it is is intention within action there and almost anything else to it that's exciting it's exciting to see somebody put their stamp on the movie industry in a unique way i that's neat he gets a lot yeah. a lot of because i don't even like many of his other movies but i he gets a lot a lot of credit for that to me mm-hmm and uh, he also gets a lot of credit for his uh, continuous love of the saxophone. Um, all right. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us for these. Obviously, I can't imagine talking about these movies without you. Um, and uh, uh, it's, you know, it's always great to have you on. It's always great to see. Thank one you of for our having me. World. Um, all right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Uh, movie show with Joel and Ryan page on facebook and all the other socials you can reach out to us at email uh, uh via email and also if you are watching this if you are one of the three people who accidentally stumbled upon this on youtube you know give it a like give it a like Re write a comment say um hey uh cool graphics or something i don't know don't want to be uh, a dead gulag horse but i mean yeah give it a like but that, that just whatever that is to you Think of what little it is to you and just imagine that amplified times a thousand. That's mm -hmm. what it is to us. Please, please, if you see us and you care about us at all, hit the like button. You want to share, great, but not, no one's asking you to do that. Like it. Yep. Share. That'd be even yep. better, but like like, uh, like it. Just like it. That's easy. Costs you nothing. Is everything to us. Everything. <laughs> all right everybody that is gonna do it for us uh thank you so much um go give the master blaster or the humongous in your life a big hug thank you for listening to the movie show with joel and ryan remember all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people institutions or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with unless explicitly stated None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out. <laughs>